It's the Tillcast, episode 378. Swap my pawn. My and this week, guys, we talk some satisfactory, yeah. some days gone, that, and some exciting news out of PlayStation. Stay tuned. Healer baby. Mm, kinky. The fuck? Who premied? Uh, That'd have been me. <laughs> It's the Tokaz. You know Justin can't handle anticipation. <laughs> that is correct. Premature. He creams his pants every time. <laughs> Premature. All right. I mean, that's how you know it's good, right? <laughs> it <laughs> is Friday, May 10th, 846 p.m. Indeed. And it has been a week. It has been a week. Uh, yeah, it has. Yes, we are back, has. in fact, I think. I don't even know how. Nope. No, we're we're kind of skating along, aren't we? <laughs> we are. We are. It's been a... We're all kind of sleep deprived in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah, I'm just... Yep, I won't go into all of it. But yeah. I'll say between children and migraines. <laughs> yeah, migraines suck, My dude. sleep schedule is all fucked up. I'm telling you, migraines suck. Yeah, and I'm just trying to figure out how to... Uh, be a good dog dad. So I probably a little bit of that anxiety is me. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, this Yeah, you're yeah. way you're way too worried about Yeah. yeah. It's doing a def- everything. It's, it's, this is a learning process for you as much as it is for the dog. Yes. Yeah, but it's I guess I'm gonna preface the show real quick. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. I'm Rusty. And this show is gonna be about thirty minutes of bullshit. 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 And the rest of it's going to be some video games, I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 I've got Quite some games. Bit. And puppies. Yeah. And puppies. Oh, I got a um, Yeah. <laughs> oh, and before we forget, it is May 10th. Yeah, he already said that shit. He did? Yes. I did, oh. the very beginning. See, that's how sleep-deprived I am. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> you know, what's crazy Man, is... We're starting to show all over again. I already cracked my freaking can. Yeah, we can't <laughs> recrack the can. But, you know, it's crazy because I... My girlfriend didn't know how long she was going to be gone. Yep. And so she told me this week um, that she's out till the 25th. Holy balls. So I uh, I was already having some weird issues with my phone. Yeah. And battery wasn't charging, and I had to take the girl to her, her girl to cheer practice, and mm-hmm. then I was going to try to talk to her for a second at least for the night, you know. And I started to freak out, but my phone won't charge. My phone won't charge. I placed an order on Amazon for a battery. Uh-huh. And then I went to the, well, I can say who I'm with. I'm with Sprint, right? Right. So I went to the Sprint store looking to see if they had a battery. And I was like, I can probably cancel the order on Amazon, depending, yeah. right? And I have a pretty old phone. I had an, S, an S5. A damn. So well, his S5 was an old phone when he got the S5. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That is correct. Um, coincidentally, I paid off that phone this month. So I guess, you know, they... The time, you know, the bell had tolled, and it was time for me to add a new line item to my bill. Oh, oh. you don't, you don't have anything left to pay on this phone. I literally we're paid gonna, it off on this bill. We're gonna go ahead. I'm gonna put my tinfoil hat on here and say, man, that's a fucking conspiracy. Hello, the battery, but it planned l- obsolescence. No, they just flip a fucking switch. Yeah, you need a new phone, guy. Now your freaking phone won't charge. <laughs> but yeah, I ended up. <laughs> The guy was a good salesman, and I was, I was thirsty. <laughs> like, I, I, I've been, I've been going hungry for a while, 
Yeah. Um, well, an S5 isn't the fastest phone, so... Don't, don't get me started on that. We've already... I've already gone uh, way too far on the whole I am hungry thing. Yeah. I know. But, like, so <laughs> that that really happened, though. I was like, shit, I'm not... Like, I have 20% left of my phone. I've been running it in safe mode all day in case a text came in or plans changed in or whatever. My anxi- right? My anxiety's high because I don't want to be undependable because of something stupid. So I run to the Sprint store, um, get her daughter to practice, run to the Sprint store, and I was like, I need a new solution. This thing won't charge. And they're like, well, what do you know? You just paid off your phone today. Huh. I was like, oh, yeah, I paid my bill yesterday. He's like, yeah, you literally just paid off your phone. He's, he's like, you've been paying 20 bucks a month. How about you look at any of these other phones? And, of course, I was just in that mode of panic and... I need a phone, so hey, start sell trying me to something. sell me an iPhone, and I was like, no, fuck no. iPhones. Fuck you. I was like, no, I don't want to... Do not want an iPhone. Yeah. Um, do not have I anything except for my iPad that I got for iFree. So, <laughs> not doing that. He talked me into an S10e, which is not the very newest, but it is super fucking new. It's, it's it the smaller version of the S10, right? So... Yeah. Yeah, not bad phone. Means... No, it's it went from twenty bucks a month to thirty two dollars a month oh, for it. Well, of course you're gonna end up paying more. Why? Why? Why wouldn't they? Yeah, but know? I mean, that being said, now I have zero issues with my phone. Even the battery lasts fucking longer. Oh yeah, well it's a brand new phone. What do you expect? Uh, <laughs> I mean, and then on top of that, I didn't realize I was going with it's got one hundred and twenty eight gigs in it already. Yeah, the other one had eight. And, yeah. like, three gigs of RAM. Yeah. So, like, it is a huge step up. And then I already had a 128 gig external XD, or SD card that I had in the other one that I moved over to this one. Yeah, so now and you I was got storage like, for days. This is, I can't. Man, I remember the days when he had a flip phone and he said, I don't want to get a smartphone. That smartphone shit's for, you know. Yeah, but I used to text in my pocket. Yeah, well, you know. Remember, it wasn't it yeah. wasn't a flip phone. It was uh, a candy oh, bar yeah, phone. Yeah, that was one of those. Was it a slider? Because I had it wasn't a slider. It wasn't a slider. It was literally just <clears throat> a little bitty brick. It looked kind of like a Nokia. Yeah, it's a Motorola, and it was like it fit in the palm of my hand. And of course, it did the T. Is it TTY text? Yeah, the yeah. And so yeah. I used to text everybody in my pocket all day while I was at work because I knew that pretty well. Yeah, you could figure out the numbers. Yeah. So, you know, I remember being able to text everybody in my pocket for whatever reason and, like, you almost read Braille with it, you know? Crazy. But, uh, but yeah, I went from that and I got my first smartphone not even that long ago, no, like seven it, years ago. No, it hasn't been very long. Has it been seven years? Have we been doing this for that long? Yeah, we have. Holy since balls. Like 2010 or oh 11. Oh, my God. You guys have been doing it since 2011. I think I've been doing it since 2010. Oh, my God. The first podcast happened three months after the first Witcher game came out. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long time. Well, now I'm thinking about it. My first show was like, you know, right after Borderlands 2. So was it two or was it one? Uh, It was two. two, The money shot. Yeah, because Money Shot became a thing. Gunzerker. Um, okay, so it was maybe a year and a half after I started, you guys jumped in. Gunzerker. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the show's been going on that long. But yeah. regardless, like, it's such a huge step up. And, you know, I was justifying it to my girlfriend, and I'm pretty sure she's just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, no, phone. you just got a new phone. You know, great. You know, you know you, you, happy for you. <clears throat> I'm, I, I don't, I don't, I don't value my phone the same way she does either. Like, I uh, still haven't even... 
I downloaded One Finger Death Punch and haven't even touched it on here yet. Right. Yeah. I don't game you, on my phone at you, all. You just well, but you'll I put I, more apps on it as you get along. But I just download a. Sh- I've got Amazon Music Unlimited, and so I download a shitload of music. Right. And yeah. then, out of laziness, I instead of re-ripping my CDs, I use Amazon Unlimited and then just download them to my phone. I was like, oh yeah, I like that album. I'm just going to download it real quick. Well, you just need to spend to a month just ripping all of your CDs. Cause... It's not, I already calculated it. Uh, what? There's 5,200 of them. Yeah. I've I've ripped about 200 of them. Okay. Okay. There's 50, so that leaves me 4,900. How uh, many days if I did that four day is that? That's math. I don't a like math. A lot of math. Uh, uh, well, I mean, you're looking at... That's a at lot least of math. How many CDs four, did you say you have? 4,900. 4,900. And four a day? day? Yeah, that's over... That's 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 uh, that's uh, 1,250-ish days? You're close. 1,225. Yeah. yeah. So you're literally talking four years of ripping CDs every single day for me to get well, you need to You need to actually bump that up to I like, literally thought you know, about spending $200 and just... Like there's, I don't know if it still exists, but there are places that used to rip all your stuff. Yeah, for a fee. So. Yeah, you'd have to. <laughs> you'd be like, yeah, I've got. I, I would like to buy the premium plan, please. Uh, hold on a second. I'm gonna ship I need you to, several boxes. Of uh, I need discs. you. To, <laughs> need to go out to the freaking U-Haul truck with my dolly so I can bring in all the boxes. It cost me like three hundred dollars in shipping to send it <laughs> off. <laughs> That's craziness. I'm at a place where I don't know what to do. Like, I want, I like stuff in my collection. Well, and so, like, if I get, I was contemplating getting a new CD player in my car. CD player. Right? Because I want. A CD player? Because I'd almost, I well, everything sounds better on CD. Yeah. No, like, it's a major difference to yeah. me. Even uh, in your car. Oh, come on. Next thing you'll do is put a fucking vinyl. <laughs> I have a turntable in my attic. Throw the fucking turntable in your passenger seat. And be like, yeah, I'm going old school, fucking like, like I hate to like <laughs> music snob for just a second, but cymbals sound weird on MP3, and it bothers me. Uh, stuff on I the don't... low end sounds weird, and stuff on the real high end sounds weird. And anything produced electronically already has that stuff digital, and it sounds okay. The... So if you listen to a techno or electronica, you almost can't tell any difference, right? If you listen to anything that's produced with real instruments, it sounds off to me. Well, that's where you end up. Having ripping couple... everything to flack. Yep, you can and... rip it to flack, uh, and then you you're gonna kiss all of your storage goodbye, and you're gonna need to have a petabyte worth of storage for all of your discs. Um, yeah. yeah, because it's, it's it, like 400 megs a CD. Yeah, they're they're you know flack is not you're, you're at almost all, so. ripping wave. It's like yeah. two thirds wave. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she wanted to meet, make herself known. Uh, <laughs> Lola's here. <laughs> That's the first time she's talked on the show. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, you, I, I don't notice that much difference on wave. But then again, when I'm when I'm playing music on the go, I'm not looking for the audiophile experience. You know, so I'm looking for is this good music? Is it going to get me through the day? Um, I'm. I really like my own type of music if that makes a difference my girlfriend likes some of what i like let's just say maybe a quarter of what i like right but there are things i like that i i'm okay that she doesn't like it Mm -hmm. right it's just going to be me and that's okay and i want to turn it up real loud and that's going to be in my car and that's how i want it or even when i'm on my headphones you know yeah 
if I this is going to sound so fucking old school and old man, but like if I could find a discman again, I would almost rather listen to that sometimes than I would MP3s. Yeah, off my phone. you're fucking old, dude. Like, yeah, you just need to get yourself a flak player and just you know start ripping shit to flak. That because that's that right I mean, there. Not, is it's not like I'm listening you... to Mozart. Like I've been listening a lot to a band called Revocation. That's a straight up old thrash band, but I like the way that it sounds ripped to flak versus ripped to MP3. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you just get yourself that, a good flak player. I mean, I'm sure that your phone actually can get. Um, I'm sure I, it can. Prob, there's probably a flak app, and I could just download stuff to it. I think the the uh, the app that I'm using right now, I think it's called uh, uh, Rocket Player. I don't know what it is. Does but, it whip the llama's <clears> ass? Uh, it does not whip the llama's <laughs> ass. But that used but to play flak. That used it? to play flak. Yeah, that's right. So. Uh, yeah, I'm using Rocket Player, and I'm not 100% sure, but I believe that it does have, um, so flack playback. So, once upon a time... This guy, he's like... My deaf dog is tasting my leg. I, um... <laughs> I figured, I figured this out. As much as percu- percussion doesn't sound super great on MP3, when you ripped him directly to mp3 if you rip to flak first mm. and then <clears throat> either iso the flak mm. or convert it directly to mp4 it's not near as bad yeah no it, it's compressing well, you can do steps. high quality mp3s but it's all it is is it's just compression on the high and low end on mp3s and so the sample rate on an mp3 is just spaced out more right so it if you is. think about like if you don't if you're not real familiar with sampling just think about it as they're taking a part of every sound right so you got pure sound and let's say that mm-hmm. sound is made up of 64 pieces right and now they take 32 pieces of that sound, and that's right. your sample, right? And then the lower you dither it down, the less pieces of that sound you have. And so they cut it off the ends on the top and the low end first, and then they start to sample in the middle. And that's typically what happens. And the more that it's sampled, the less true to the sound it is, the more that you have that those yep. those bridges and sound. Yep. Yep. And it your ear will naturally even it out, but there's always something a little bit off because you're missing that little part. And it's right. just it's the same thing as when you're you don't see your nose. You know what I'm saying? Right. Your eyes are compensating for the fact that your nose is there, and so you start to lose it. Well, the same thing happens with an MP3. You just start missing the in-between, but once you – it's like it's just once you see your nose again, then you can hear the difference. Right. So, the, you know, Sam, just – And think of like – basic. You know, Basically, the way to visualize sample rates and sound is – um, if you think back to uh, to your math class, if you have a, a a line graph that shows a curve, that is natural sound. You're going to have basically infinite amount of points along a curve for infinite long, however long it's going to be. Uh, but if you uh, if you sample it digitally, which is what MP3 does, um, you ha- you break those those curves up into kind of a bar graph where each you know. Each part of that graph is just one small part of the bar. So instead of a smooth curve, you have a sharp, seg- sharp like, breaks. It's a segmented curve at that point. Right. So yeah. that's a very good analogy. Yeah. I know this is like a weird place to take this podcast, right. but it just, but, hey, it's just 
but it's something you know, right? And we it, are multifaceted nerds. If you haven't <laughs> figured it out by now, yeah. I mean, it and just like think about like, an easy way to do it is like find a live album for a band that you like, right? Listen to it on MP3, and then listen to it on a CD or a disc or a Blu-ray or something like that. Like if you're if you're nerdy enough to have music Blu-rays, like I do, mm-hmm. right? Go through and listen to it on Blu-ray because it'll be sampled at a very high quality on Blu-ray. And then go back and find the MP3 version or the YouTube version of that same song. Oh, God. And you'll you... Still, you will hear a difference. Oh, my God. It sounds great, right? Like you're watching Pink Floyd's The Wall, right? And you see it on YouTube. And it's like, that's a really good performance. And then you hear it like on Blu-ray and you're like, that's like night and day. Yeah. Running through the same sound system. It is a very big difference. I, I did this. Uh, uh, did a very similar, actually, demonstration back when I worked at Circuit City. Um, I worked in the audio department at Circuit City. You know, so I, You're talking I got to, people have MP3s. Yeah, so I was. Uh, that was back when um, uh, uh, HDCD was around. So oh, it was 24-bit audio. Yeah, so it had. You know, I had the Eagles uh, Hotel California, uh, a live version of that, and then I had the CD version of it, uh, and I would play those on the most expensive speakers that that was in the showroom. Right. right? So like you'd have a pair of clips or a pair of like Bang yeah. & Olsen or Yeah, it was these were these were like $1000 for just one of the front speakers. These were fucking stupid expensive. I forget exactly what the uh what the brand was. I never sold any, but man did it sound <laughs> great. Um Right. Well, I don't know what I mean, the... the sticker shock was a little fucking much for most people, so, but so I'm I'm a horrible <laughs> I'm a horrible horribly um picky when it comes to my sound devices. Mm. Like earbuds whatever, all earbuds sound the same. I don't care. Uh, there's higher quality, there but the, the you're, like the pair of cans I'm wearing right now, I would much prefer to listen to music on these. And these are actually oh, fairly yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Um versus my the most expensive pair of earbuds, which is that came with this phone, right? Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, but uh, like when it comes to my house speakers, um, when mm. I had an actual sound system, <laughs> I'm a horrible snob when it comes to this. This is what happened when all of us were younger, yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't had a sound system in so long, right? So, receiver. I don't much care about. Mm, no, receiver does make a difference, though. Receiver can make a difference, but the main thing with a receiver is, does it have a power preamp? And is it... um, Does it have enough wattage to really run the amount of speakers that you're going to plug into it? As I was running those $1,000, you know, set yeah. of speakers on the Harman um, Kardon, so... <laughs> but well, yeah, that's also very... Let, let me put brand. it this way. I remember Once that. upon a time, I had four <coughs> clisp clips. Huh? Well, I guess you can call are they clisps? I don't know. I don't. Uh, clips is what I've always called. Yeah, um, but very high end brand of uh, speakers. Um, sub four subwoofers that had their had their own amp built in and i had 10 speakers yeah yeah all on a clish amplifier 
running off of a cheap ass Samsung receiver. <laughs> the, the the difference. No, here's the thing though, because the receiver was actually getting the input from the amp mm. only, and all the speakers and the subwoofers were outputting from the amp. Yeah, it's beautiful. The, all I had, all I did was run an optical cable from the Samsung. To the makes a difference, guys. To the Klish amp. Oh Damn. yeah, oh yeah, I remember these. These uh, that's the newer brand. Yeah, that that's you the had the newer the ones. Uh, the wood case ones. Um, because. Oh, we're looking at pictures. Yeah, they were black, but yeah, they were the wood case ones. Yeah, the... Uh, similar to... Basically similar to that set. Okay. It was two full set, two full sets of that mm -hmm. and two additional amps, but the amps were the high... The subs were the higher end subs with the amps built into them. Yeah. So they had their own amp power. Oh, dude! Yeah, the the thousand dollar speakers that I was working with were the it, four four so, foot tall. Four you know, it's stand. crazy. Now I had this sound system when I was um, in high school, so I was still living with my parents. Right? <laughs> That's the kind of system See, that rocks walls, dude. <laughs> See, I, I didn't have a sound system like that at my, home because my dad did. My <laughs> <laughs> my parents their their home was built in 1912, right? So, so you're knocking the when, dust off of shit. When we moved into it, it was nearly a hundred years. It was nearly a hundred years old. When they weren't at home, I let that thing rip. That thing was in the second floor. Okay. You could hear it in the second county. You could hear. <laughs> you could hear the first floor vibrating. <laughs> yes. It's That's funny, you know. I it's funny is on. my dad enjoys loud music as well. So when I I dog watch, oh yeah, him. your dad and I talked about music when I met him. But he, uh, so he has multiple speakers all throughout the house. When he grew up, we had a big pair of Sherwin Vegas. You know, they had a couple pair of fifteens, and they have the speaker box with that with the tweeter in the front, right? Mm -hmm. And then as we got older, and I moved out, and he had money again. Um, he got a pair of huge clip speakers. Like there, there's probably a 15 and a 10 in those on each one. Four foot tall models. Yeah. Yeah. And a tweeter on top yep. and a mid. And that thing runs off a 2000 watt amplifier. Oh yeah. Um, and it only needs about 200 clean watts for it to run, but it is extremely loud. Oh yeah. Um, like. The inside of the house is like concert level, yeah. And it's it's the kind of it's the kind of drive behind those things that if you actually you know put too much volume to them, you can watch them freaking explode. Well, <laughs> they they are very elastic. If you pull the covers off, mm -hmm. those speakers move a lot. Well, yeah, the, and most modern speakers are like that. But. but it's it's pretty fun because I just let the dogs outside because I don't want to hurt the poor dog ears, right? And I can play whatever the hell I want in there because the next neighbor is like 700 feet away. 
So it's 700 feet is perfectly within listening range. He was probably getting a good concert. Yeah, but it's but it's fun to it's fun to stay over there because I can play like live albums and stuff like that, and it feels like I'm in a concert, right? Mm-hmm. Like I mean, it's not quite the same, but yeah, you, you but can feel the percussion. You can feel the music, right? Yeah. You get a good live album, put it on in there, and it just it's great. Yeah. I really like it. And some point, that's probably something I'll be doing in here, not this room. No, so, oh god, no, this is too small of a room. <laughs> Though the the sound dampening might help a little bit. But uh, you kind of want the bigger room for the acoustics, so. So, I, but yeah, anyways, I can't do that in an apartment. I mean, I would get, I would get voted off the fucking island if I tried to do something like that. Shit, I'm, I've got the the biggest speakers that I've got in my fucking apartment is two Bose little piece of shit, freaking like whatever computer speakers, and that that fills the apartment just fine. Um, yeah. I know Bose is the greatest, but it's it's better no, than Bose is still pretty high quality. It's just it's got a they've got a mid tier that's pretty good, yeah. and a high end that's way out of most people's price range. Yeah, the I've got a pair. I had a, that Harman Kardon like all in one that I was using for my computer for forever mm-hmm. because it just lasted forever. Right, the, and then the I bought case. a mid tier pair of clips for the the computer speakers I have now. They're fairly loud. Yeah, I haven't turned them all the way up while you guys are here, but it's plenty loud for what i'm using it for it's way louder than my tv could ever be oh yeah i had uh four of those for my pc back in day two back in the day what you, you're like you look at you look, I, you look at this now so he's in the day what, of soundbar right so yeah i am um no here's what happened to all my speaker equipment right i moved back up here to start going college yeah by the time I had my own place enough to get this sound system, I go to my parents. I go to get the rest of my stuff. I ask them, where's my sound system? Uh, I don't know. We, You know, your brothers used it occasionally, but it was put up for the most part. Okay. I tear up their attic looking for this shit. What do I find? My youngest brother sold the shit. Oh, no. Oh, that's the worst. For 200 bucks. Oh, that's even worse. That would piss me off. Oh, yeah. There was over $4,000 worth of sound equipment. Nah. That he he sold for 200 bucks... And a, um, oh, sorry. And got a, uh, portable, uh, like amp speaker. DJ box? No, amp speaker for his guitar. Oh. Wow. Like a $200 amp speaker. Yeah. Yeah, I lost most of my higher end stuff, including my car stereo when I moved to Kansas City for a little bit. Sold guitars, sold speakers everything so i can move up there yeah i uh, I, I haven't recouped since and right now it hasn't been as high a priority but i still have a guitar that i so i played bass and drums while i was in high school Hmm. but guitar for some reason i don't know if it's the size of the neck but my hands always cramped up anytime i play it for more than a few minutes yeah so i've never quite learned really 
how to play enough chords to really get through it. I I know that my uh, I, I know my hands would not be able to handle it anymore. Um, but I've got a really good acoustic. If you ever want borrow it to play, um, I probably want to leave it over here for a while after the dog is through chewing on shit. Uh, yeah, I'd uh, be very interested. I found that I was actually fairly decent at drums. You know, go figure. Um, I can keep a rhythm. Uh, I was literally thinking about that on my way driving home. I'm just jamming out. Uh, Again, the band that's been on my jam lately is a band called Revocation, and they've got a hell of a bass player. So I've been jamming out every day, and I was driving home, and I was like, I think I could learn that lick. Yeah. I was like, I could do do 75% of this song probably in a day. And the other part would probably take me the rest of the month. Well, <laughs> right, right. But this, it, I'm right there with you. I listen to most songs listening to the bass going. I listen I, to the drums. I could learn that. I <laughs> I could do that. Um, but, I mean, I played, I played rhythm really well. I never really got enough guitar chords to be able to do a lot of the shit some of the rock bass players I've do. I've never actually set my hands, but, you know, set behind an actual drum kit. Like No, he's all he's all rock band. He's not a real drummer. I'm not a real drummer, no. You know the part uh, that's hard about drums is getting your feet to work with your hands. That's the yeah. that's the part. <laughs> that's yeah. the part. So, I can play a 4/4 four, four and a 6/4. So, I'm Yeah, a, I can play a quad really well. <laughs> um what I've what I've found though is I do have you know, damn good coordination with my hands. You know, and and it and I realized this well after the fact of me actually being active in any kind of band. Like I wouldn't I've never been in a band. I've you know, I failed fucking band class in school. I was like the worst kind of band kid, right? Um but how'd you fail band? Uh yeah, they had me playing a brass and I broke it. Like like irreparably broke it so <laughs> like a trumpet a uh, it was um a coronet uh, that's what oh, i was that's why they gave you the wrong brass yeah so um if, if they had given me a trombone it probably would have been i'd have probably rocked that pretty cra- uh, crazy well yeah you can blow pretty hard yeah thanks <laughs> um <laughs> asshole no, the thing is, is when I went into the band class, this funny thing is, uh, like, I don't know, in school, so, like, f- fuck, junior, you know, sophomore, something like that, right? Uh, I go into the band class, and they, you know, the band teacher has all of the instruments put out, and you just kind of go down the line of instruments, pick one up, see if you can actually, like, get it to work without any instruction, and that's... That's the selection process for this band class. It was like, you know, pick your weapon style. You know, I'm like, this looks fun. Pick your axe. The thing is, is I could have walked right over to the fucking drums and probably rocked it, you know. But what happened was is I picked up a fucking uh, uh, clarinet and... <laughs> you fucked yourself. I picked up a clarinet and... When I went to uh, to try to play a note on it, it the fucking um, reed vibrated the fuck out of my lips, and I hated it. I hated it. I was like, oh, my God, this is the worst. Put it down. 
and I pick up, uh, you know, I pick up the, you know, the brass. It was a trumpet, you know, just a bare basic fucking trumpet, but same, same parts, really just different mechanics for the, you know, for, uh, for a clarinet or for a cornet. Um, and I let loose a, you know, a perfectly, you know, made note. It's just like one note. And she's like, you're playing brass. And I'm like, damn it. I mean, I didn't say damn it at the time. I said, oh, okay, cool. Uh, but later on, I'm like, damn it. I could have actually, you know, played drums and been the, you know, the fucking weird drummer kid. But whatever. <laughs> Drummers get a bad rap. I mean, seriously, just everywhere. <laughs> but I mean, well, honestly, the funny thing is, is most of the time I judge a band by the drums and the bass. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I listen because to you, the drums. That- Mostly when I listen to a song, I'm listening to what the drummer's doing. When I was a kid, I used to, do you remember Tinker Toys? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, I think so. I, think, yeah. I know I drew, drove my parents nuts. This is how good a dad my dad was. He would play whatever music he wanted to play. And then we'd take soap buckets, right? And set up a drum set. And I'd get Tinker Toys and try to drum along with a beat. Yep. Just using, uh, yep. It's uh, uh like Lincoln logs or something like that. Sort of, they're like little thin sticks that yep. stick in little spokes, basically, yep. right? Yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, that was what I did. And then Dad had a guitar, and he taught me how to play a few chords. And then from there on, I played guitar. But I always preferred listening to drums, though my feet are not nearly enough, nearly as coordinated as the people I like. And listening to the people I like, like I listen to and it's like, that's fucking alien. There's no way in hell I could make myself that coordinated. Uh, yeah, so... I found that I have the ability to separate my hands. You know, well, I can separate my hands. I cannot separate that with my feet, though. Uh, so I, f- I figured this out. I was able to separate my hands fairly, you know, fairly easily. You have to get a, you know, get back into practice for it, but you can separate your hands. For, for me, the the kick was a, an equipment issue. I, you know, I needed to have the right kick for what I was doing. Otherwise, it would be out of time. But yeah. I could get, you know, I could get my, uh, you know, I could get my my legs to work with my hands, you know, perfectly fine. It just requires, you know, getting back into practice for it. But when I actually did try a kick, you know, like just, you know, it was a drum and a kick, and the kick that I was using was not the right one. And some people are toe kicks. Some people use a rocker where they can do a, a, a double beat with one foot. Yeah. Um, when I did, I used a rocker, but that was mostly so I could heel kick. Yeah. Because. And a lot of people are heel for kickers. For me, well, for me, my. I guess because of how long my legs are and how generally short I had to keep the stool, mm-hmm. it was too hard on my calf right to toe kick but i could heel kick you know for for a good session and be all right yeah that's one of the reasons why i didn't do very well and uh you know when i was playing rock band because this is a video game podcast right so when i was playing rock band i'm like okay i could do a lot of the weird shit that they have you do on you know on the drum kit but as soon as they start doing double beats on rock band like dr- double kicks uh you, you know. can't really see it but like the guy that if i idolized the drummer would be this guy his every limb plays a different time yo god yes 
I'm seeing that now. Wow. There's but not a whole lot of drummers that can do that. I really, for anybody that likes really loud music, I really like Mashuga. And if you really like drumming, you probably really like Mashuga. This guy's the gold or platinum tier standard of drumming. Oh, man. He's an old man, but he's uh, fucking amazing. This is probably like a, it's probably some, I don't know what, if you're wondering what I'm showing, there's a track called Nostrum and it's a uh, mostly handwork and some foot, I say some footwork every, he usually plays a 4-4 four, four with one foot. Yeah. And wow. that holds the tempo for everything else that he does. Um, and that 4-4 four, four alternates, but it's usually, it, a lot of like heavy drummers play a lot of really fast double kick and mm-hmm. he can, there's a song called Bleed that is again the gold standard for double kick because it does, um, I'm trying to remember what they call them, but basically it's a, triplet that speeds up and slows down so it's like it's just like it it's a rhythm all on its own but right. at like 220 bpm that just goes up and down and it, most of the kick is all over the place wow it's a seven minute song and most people can't play it that play drums yeah no that's the kind of you know that's the kind of you know song that you would need to have an oxygen tank with you just to be able to keep going. We're talking about a guy in his fifties that plays this. Yeah. He's a jazz drummer by trade that learned how to play heavy music. Yeah, if, if I'm just saying, and I, I love I, jazz drumming too. Like that's another thing. Like it, uh, listening to a lot of jazz drummers, kind of growing up too, because my dad mm-hmm. liked jazz and you know blues isn't quite the same thing, but the guitar work sometimes is very similar on tonally. But um, that's something I've noticed, too, is, like, stuff that borrows from those influences I tend to like a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when you grow up listening to... I grew up listening to a lot of Floyd and Zeppelin. Uh, to a lot of Floyd, Zeppelin, a lot of and lot I used to ACDC. Think, and I used to um, think that John Bonham was the best thing since sliced bread, and he's a good drummer, but, like, there's just people uh, nowadays that just make leave him in the dust right my yeah. dad also really got into pantera mm. yeah then he paul was an animal mm. um yeah. so you know a- after i moved out of the house you know i started finding shit like uh like slipknot and mm. yeah well, the thing is, uh, it's like you hear like the that. syncopated rhythms and something like slipknot and you realize there's two percussionists <laughs> this guy yeah. does all that by himself right yeah Oh no, I'm not saying. But they but do. They do. That's a good job where my progression started, though. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like when they were really big, like it was because they had two drummers, and there's there's a handful of people out there. And these guys were fairly underground at that point, and it was just this guy Thomas Hawk that's just like a fucking monster on drums. Oh, and you when a drummer wants to do something, if there's there's a certain rhythm that you want to actually hit. You find ways to do it, even if you're basically contorting yourself to do so. Um, I've seen some. I've seen some videos of people who can do like some wicked shit on you know on a drum set. If you like, the, the fastest double kick drummer that I've seen is a guy in a band called Infant Annihilator. They well, can, they mean, can play like a 400 BPM. What? Yeah, it's stupid fast. No, he's got pretty tight hands. He's not as tight as this guy, but his feet are the fastest I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't know. There was there'd be no fucking way, man. <laughs> That's like how do, I don't, I'm, they're, they're I'm trying to think really of the mechanics. Young. Like, these guys I are mean, probably less than twenty five. Four hundred BPM is almost machine like. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I mean, I've seen some we... instructionals. There's a guy that was on an instructional that was showing you how to get up to six hundred BPM on your feet. I, it's like what fucking. That's ten hits per second. That's 
10 hits per second between two feet so five hits yeah, per you've foot. got you've got a rocker on both sides and you're wow that that's hey, no and it almost no. looks like he's tap dancing because yeah. his heels don't hit the floor and you can uh you can even make it sound faster by doing the you can actually get setups where you can have a the rockers daisy chained on each other. Oh god! And alternating. Oh well, yeah. I mean, well, and there's people that I call it cheating. That it's a, there's a double kick out there that has that does two hits per hit. Yeah. Right. And so they have four dun, bass dun. pedals, right? Mm-hmm. And they get to a good rhythm. This guy does this with a double kick or the single. You know, it's just one hit per foot kind of thing. Yeah. But I mean, I've seen some double kicks set up where it's got uh, another double kick. Daisy chained off of it, so you can. So you basically have, and, and they're both rockers. One one so pedal it, that runs two. Yeah, yeah, but you they run like this, yeah. so they're alternating it. You can so, you can get them so that they that they I've have seen, a uh, that they can actually. I don't know. I don't know. It's it. Yeah, insane is is what it is. People who can move their feet that fast, you know, in a drum kit's. You know, I mean, if I'm making money impressive. at it and I'm pretty decent at it, I'm going to try to push oh, yeah. myself, right? Yeah, and that's and that's the thing that those people have a skill that I would love to learn, but probably will never. Uh, you know, right? And, and it's it's honestly, not going to be something of, that I can do in an apartment. That's for damn sure. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I've thought about getting an electronic drum kit just mm. because I know I wouldn't kill everybody in the vicinity with it well, and just play with it, right? I mean, yeah, I mean. An electronic drum kit to me feels a lot like rock band. <laughs> it does. I mean, you, you, it's pretty much the same thing, only with higher quality, you know, uh, higher quality pads. Yeah. You know, and I was the I was the guy that went and you know and bought the uh, bounce pads for my rock band, you know, for my rock band set. So I had the you know the the normal rock band drum set, and I loved that thing. You've watched me play this thing. Uh, but I bought, you know, I bought the, um, they're like these, uh, foam bounce pads for, uh, you know, for the, uh, for the faces, for the drum set, drum faces. Uh, because when I was playing, I didn't get stick, uh, the, the stick rebound that I wanted. And it had a very tinny sound. Like I was playing, like I was, you know, hitting a, a fucking plastic plate. And it was terrible. I, I yeah, hated it. Yeah, no, no bounce back. And with no bounce back at all. And you needed you know, to be able to get some of the to rolls. To get a good rudiment going, you needed yeah. a little bit of bounce. Yeah, you, you you need to have that bounce going. And once I got those pads for it, I mean, I bought them from some fucking like Etsy store someplace. Some dude was like had had the, you know, the, uh, the foam with the... Uh, you know, uh, with the adhesive backing on it. And he just basically used a fucking hole cutter to fucking cut these things out and, you know, and send them out for, I don't know, like 20 bucks or something like that. But it was the best 20 bucks I'd ever spent for rock band. That was the first mod that I had done for a controller. Go figure. Um, (laughs) but it was, it was the best thing. And I was like, okay, well, fuck, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to play rock band and I played it for, I don't know, I was rock band two. And I played it for a long fucking time, um, and I was I was actually looking at an electronic version of an actual, you know, you know, bass kick, you know, for Rock Band, 
you know, just like a, a, an actual metal kick that interfaced with the Rock Band controller. You <clears throat> do, know, they just, have, do they have Master of Puppets on Rock Band? I think they did. Because I, I can imagine on that kick, that would be uh, fucking ridiculous. Yeah, no, it would be damn near impossible. Um, but yeah, there was all kinds of controller mods for uh, for Rock Band. When I was looking for it, people were, you know, multiplying the, you know, the different drum faces so that they could have a full set. Uh, and then they had, uh, you know, multiple, you know, multiple kicks for, uh, for the bass. And it was like, they'd set up an, a full drum set to be able to play rock band. And I thought that was really cool, but I didn't have the money at the time. You know, I would have loved to play it like that though. There was people who of course, you know, uh, hooked up rock bands to an actual drum set and played it like that. And the funny thing is, is they don't have a rocksmith style for drums. You know, rocksmith was, uh, is like, I, I, I'm, I've never played rocksmith because I can't guitar, but rocksmith is a really great idea for people who like the rock band thing because they, you could well, actually it's, learn it's, it. Yeah. You know, but they didn't have anything like that for drums. So, I don't know how well it did. It was almost, it was very pro level. Yeah. Yeah. Rocksmith, and I haven't played it, but I've just watched people online. I know that sounds dumb, right? Right. But just watching people play guitar attached to Rocksmith, right? And seeing how accurate it really was, was actually fairly phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really great way to actually learn guitar because, I mean, you have, you have a way of actually telling whether or not you're hitting the right notes. Um, and you it's, if you, if you've ever played guitar and learned by ear, you'll notice that like, so a lot of times tabs are off. Right. And then when you finally figure out the right way to play it, you're like, Oh, that's what I was missing. Like I was fretting over here in the 11th fret when I should have been fretting like way down here in the third. Right. You know, so, and that's why the tone is weird because it was all high and weird and tinny. And that's why it took me a huge stretch to get way up there. Right. Like, I don't know why I was like doing this chord progression and then jumping way up to this fret. It's like, it's got to be an easier way. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a fucking open chord that was palm muted. Okay. I get it. Yeah. See, just weird shit like that. You, you just spoke a lot of Greek to me, man. So <laughs> I have well, never actually put my hands on a guitar. Like, and... when I first learned guitar, like, I'm not going to, I'm going to jump off this in just a second, but like, you would learn a lot of power chords, right? And a power chord is you use your index finger as your bar. And then you hold the chord with your other three fingers, mm-hmm. right? And so a power chord, you can move up and down the neck doing that way. Well, there's also a lot of these same chords open lower on the neck, right? And so when you learn power chords, what you end up doing is sliding up and down the neck playing chords mm-hmm. when there is a lot of times that those chords are also open chords when you're hearing a song. Mm-hmm. And they are going to sound differently when the same note is played in a different tonal register. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting when you're learning stuff by ear and then actually figuring out how it's played and then not you then you understand why things sound so much different yeah it's <laughs> yeah holy shit we got into like the fucking music cast here we played some video <laughs> games guys i have a puppy <laughs> and that's our segue right Right, shit. Holy. Jason, you said earlier, did you Holy have shit. much in the way of game this besides Division that me and you played? I did not. I mean... We got ready for, almost ready for Tuttle Basin, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, like, me and, fact, we me and Jason ready. are like, what, two hours away from hitting Tuttle Basin, basically. Yep. That's cute. We were right there. We were ready to do it. And then my 
my sleep schedule blew up on me. Oh, boy. Yeah, and I've been such a sap. I've been, you know, the puppy cries at about 5 a.m., and I know I take her out to go wee, and then I let her back inside, and I don't have the heart to, like, play with her to put her back to sleep. So I want another hour of rest before I get up. So I climb in bed, and the puppy's just like, I'm going to get up there with you. And I was like, I don't fucking care. Yep. Come up here and snore with me. So <laughs> As long as you snore. So and she, not chew on my ear. No, she doesn't. If, if I'm, I've learned. I've taken a few naps, just testing the waters to see what happened and keep the other dog out, so I don't have to like keep an eye on both. Mm-hmm. But even now, with in the morning, the other dog doesn't mess with her at all when I'm sleeping. Sweet. So I just pass the fuck out, and the little dog's like, "Yep, I'm just gonna get right next to your face and snore with you." Mm-hmm. So she's doing weird. all right. She's got her bed in here, and she's uh, she's out like a light. So. Well, she can't hear anything, right. so she's having her beauty sleep. Yeah, we can be as loud as we want. <laughs> I don't feel bad. Right. I don't have to feel bad. It's like, oh, don't wake the puppy. No. There's no, no way you're going to wake her unless you go over there and play with her. Right. You have to actually touch her. Um, Which is nice. Yeah. But, Rusty, you played something different. I did. What did you play? I played Satisfactory. Yeah? Oh, I'm deep in Satisfactory. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how many how many extractors you got running? It's very satisfying. Um, I how many extractors? Let me see. Uh, I you have, got the mobile coal, coal mine going where you got like trucks running shit back I and forth. Do I actually have? Um, or do you have like a three mile conveyor belt? <laughs> well, I I don't have too many of those. So I mean, I started off in in the green pasture starting area. So it's you know there's a lot of iron real close. Um, so there's two that's right, right nearby where you start. And then there's a couple more that are, that are down into a little valley. Uh, so basically I have two, then there's three more and those are all pumping iron. Um, and I've got two limestone, uh, you know, set up, uh, a, a little farther down the map, a little farther south, I believe it is. And then, you know, right down near the, you know, there's a floating island. Um, and if you get onto the floating island, there is a pure co- uh, coal node right there. So I'm up into the the coal and steel uh, tiers. So I've got that coal node, you know, it's it's feeding 10 coal generators Plus, half of the coal that it's, you know, it's pulling out is getting loaded into trucks. And that, you know, those, uh, those trucks are coming over to a, uh, a small steel factory that I was, uh, that I had set up. But I was looking for something a little bit more efficient because the trucks are great and all, but they're not but super they run efficient. Fuel. Right. You know, they're, they're not super efficient. And they can run on coal, so you can feed them the same coal that they're moving how do you automate the refueling process there's uh on the truck station there is a there's two inputs and an output so the one input is for the the uh parts that you want to move uh the other input is for fuel and the output is for when a truck is delivering it will go to the output um so from for the coal setup, all I had basically done is just set up a splitter and split the coal to go into uh, some of the fuel hopper, and the rest goes into the uh, 
uh, you know, into the storage base so that the trucks can move it. And it keeps the trucks up and running. Um, and coal's fairly efficient, but not nearly as efficient as fuel, and I haven't gotten to the oil stage yet. But uh, what, I've, what I've found is that there's a couple points on the map that it seems like the developers were like, this is what this is for. This, this makes perfect sense. If you do it in a certain way, you can get the exact item that you want out of it. So I uh, did some searching for more coal nodes, and they're few and far between in the, you know, in the starting area. But I found a coal node that was up on the top of like a, a mesa or something like that. And then right below that is, a, is two normal iron nodes. And I've, it, it, it clicked. There was a point where I'm like, oh, this makes total fucking sense. If you have the right miners and you have the right conveyor belts, you can set up a perfect production steel off of this one node. So I, I'm getting 240 coal per minute coming out of the coal node because I've got a Mark II miner on it. And it's a pure node, so it's double. So it goes 240. If I use a Tier 3 conveyor, which can move 270 uh, you know, parts per minute, uh, then I'm not going to fill up that, you know, that uh, it's got the capacity to be able to run it. And then the two uh, normal nodes down on the bottom both produce 200, uh, 120 iron per minute. So I'm like, okay, this is making, this is making sense. I can, I can work this out. And uh, it comes out to be a, uh, you know, a, a perfectly even setup to make steel. And then off of that, which is what I'm going to be doing tonight is I'm going to be making a steel manufacturing, you know, facility that makes, uh, uh, steel, uh, steel beams and steel pipes. And there's a limestone right there. There's a limestone node right next to it. And I can actually make, um, I can actually make concrete right there and make encased industrial beams at that spot. And then I can then truck those to wherever they need to go. It, it works in my brain case. So I'm like, okay, this is, this is a thing. Just like in Factorio, I get off on a fucking tangent and I start trying to find, you know, find things and make things and, you know, try to get them, over to a spot or trying to actually, you know, get them to work efficiently. Uh, and I will spend hours without knowing it. It's the time just flies. I am totally sucked into this. I'm like, I've got this thing to do, this thing to do. I need to make these resources and boom. Doesn't the final version come out this month? Uh, well, I mean the 1.0 basically, there isn't a hard date for it, but I, I hope that it does because there are certain things that are currently locked away uh, that's, uh, still in the experimental phase phase. And I can, I can download the experimental version of the game cause you can do that if you want to. Uh, but they can't guarantee everything's going to work right. Uh, and there's things in the game right now in the early access version of the game, like the Mercer spheres and the, uh, summer sloops. And, uh, these are items that are works in progress that are just kind of peppered around the map, um, that don't have a use. You know, silica doesn't have a use. Um, sulfur 
doesn't have a use, but they're already in the map somewhere. Um, but there's a lot of room for them to actually add more things to it uh, and make things a little more complex. And of course, I I was watching some YouTube videos of seeing you know seeing other people actually make their um, make their factories and getting some ideas. As I was kind of land bound, like I felt like I needed to build on land, but the way that the the way that structures work in Factorio is that it defies gravity, um, so you can actually build things in open space. And there's a there's a spot right next to the uh, the starting area that is basically just an open like pit but it's got waterfalls going around the outside of the map. Uh, so you can see the waterfalls, but you, you know, there's no way to get to them. But that open, you know, that open area can be used to build a very efficient, large-scale uh, factory that doesn't have to be anchored to the ground. Uh, and that is probably where I'm going to expand to once I get everything in its, uh, in its spot. Right now, I'm just trying to uh, to be able to make make it to tiers. Was it six and seven, or I don't know. This, it's the second space elevator tier. Uh, but yeah, man, it this this game gets it. It's hard to start. I noticed that it was just like Factorio is when you when you start off. It's kind of a slog because you have to basically hand make a lot of shit, and you using not so efficient shit to be able to make just the basic products and you have to wait a lot. Um, but well, once, once you scale say, up, I noticed that when I was doing factorio, I was doing the biofuel, right? It's what you start off with. And I worked my way up into the chainsaw yeah. and then went and just went ape with the chainsaw until I had a shitload of fuel and then threw it in a box. And I was like, that's my supply while I get everything set up. Yeah. It, and you, you end up doing that, like, uh, you know, for biofuel, I did the same thing. I went out and I just basically, you know, clear cut a whole area. Um, yeah, I, there's a spot with these weird rooted trees, and I went through that and clear cut about three acres and then stored that in about four boxes and just sat there on and took one of the combiners, right, and just set it for biofuel. Yep. And then watched an episode of something and waited for all of that to complete. And I was like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to use now for the next couple of days of playing. Right. And and for me, biofuel was, uh, I, I tried to get to coal as fast as I could because one of the things that I didn't like, you know, initially in the game is that the biofuel generators had to be babysat. So... You had to build the biofuel generators, and you have to run around and fuel them uh, by hand to make sure that your power doesn't go out, uh, so that you can continue manufacturing shit. And I just like, man, there's got to be a fucking way to automate this. I didn't. I didn't have the. When I started getting that far into it, is about when I got the puppy. So right before then, I'd gotten all the way up to getting my first coal generator. Mm-hmm. And so I got that one automated, and then I wasn't babysitting the biofuel as much. I only needed really one other biofuel generator at that time. Well, but I, I had a whole, like, a bank of, like, six of the biofuel generators just all side-by-side, daisy-chained together. Yeah. 
And that's what I was doing was I had a box of biofuel right next to it. And then yeah. I would just feed all of those about once every two or three days. And see, I hadn't even known that you did that. And I did the same damn thing. I have uh, a storage box that feeds a combine, you know, a, a constructor that makes biofuel. And then the output goes into another storage box. And then I had like, I think six or eight different, uh, you know, biofuel generators just kind of lined up right next to it. So I could go to the biofuel box, fill up the generators and go. Well, once I got to the coal and started doing the math on, you know, how much they use versus how much the, the coal plant or the coal miner actually produces, uh, I realized that I could make up to, I think it was 20 is what I calculated about, uh, about 20 different coal generators off of that same, coal node and it would it, it would run without having any type of stoppage and currently the resources are infinite right uh the current yeah well i think that's not going to change you know the the resources are infinite whereas factorio basically moves you around the map because you you can run out of resources right um the way that uh, the way that Factorio or um, uh, Satisfactory is built is the map is not randomized. It is a hand built map, so there are limited like trees and bushes and things like that. The once you come down with the chainsaw, they don't come back. Uh, so it wouldn't make sense for them to have those nodes have a finite limit. Because you wouldn't be able to, you know, there's not an infinite amount of nodes, right? Right. Uh, so uh, what it what the way that Satisfactory set it up is that they combine some of the nodes and spread out the nodes far enough that you have to come up with different ways to logistically move shit. Uh, so at a certain distance, it does not make any sense at all to have a uh, a, con- a conveyor belt because you're going to spend way more resources building the conveyor belt than you would uh, getting you know getting whatever resource it is. Plus, you'll have like spaghetti all over the map, and nobody likes that. But the invention of you're know, putting trucks in the game and being able to move things around using an automated system of trucks actually works well. It I I think declutters it's really, the map a little it, bit. It declutters the map. You have uh, you can set up multiple trucks in the same route. Uh, so, for instance, if it's a really long distance away, you can set up two or three ru- trucks on the same route. Uh, it takes a little bit of time to set up the routes because you have to actually drive it uh, to the uh, to the destination. But once you're there, you can actually you know keep that like a four truck route going. And bring it back to your main factory. Uh, and the map is huge. Like I've yeah, you know, I've been really interested in trying some of the other maps just to see what the difference is. Well, the the different the different starting things is you know you've got like a mountain area and uh, like a forest area, and then the plains. All that is is it starts you in a different spot on the map. The map is massive. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it, it is all in the same map. So you can walk from one starting area to the next. Um, it's just that each one of those starting areas has a a, a different uh, a, a different set of uh, biome things. Like there's some, uh, one of the starting areas has way more enemies than the than the plains does. Uh, the other one doesn't have nearly as much 
flat area to work on. Uh, but you can, uh, you have access to some of the rare resources. Like, you know, you can get to, you know, quartz and coal and oil fairly quickly, you know, because it's really close. And right now, the plains is the farthest away from oil. So if I want to make oil or fuel or anything like that, I have to truck a lot of that a long distance. Have you been playing anything else? Uh, no, not really. I, I have had a, a pretty rough week at work, but, um, I, I've been, well, I've been playing a little bit more Beat Saber because I mean, you know, that's just me normal. I play an hour of Beat Saber a day. That, so I start saying that's that like your exercise. You. Yeah. Um, I did find like when you find the right map in beat saber it brings legitimate joy i i was uh, i was looking through and i I mean i've got a decent amount of songs that i like playing uh but i said you know what there's there's some collections some some curated uh, playlists of uh of different songs i'm gonna go and see if there's a new one uh and there was uh one for the anniversary pack and you know beat saber had its one year anniversary recently um you know, so they, uh, the Beat Saber developers actually set out their uh, their alpha build of Beat Saber, which was really bare bones, didn't look very good at all. But I mean, it had the, you know, it had the mechanics down. Yeah. Um. So that was an experimental build that you can actually download uh, and play and see what where Beat Saber came from. Uh, but for the anniversary, some of the uh, uh, the mappers actually got together and made another collection uh it had some really good songs in it and of course i'm a big monster cat fan so i listened to a lot of monster cat songs and they put a few of the monster cat songs in there and they are mapped really well like they're super challenging but they're fun to play like they they have there there's a lot more cross arm uh, movements and a lot more uh, a lot more beats that use one hand more than the other, or they have a different beat for each hand. Yeah, which is really fun. Like I, once you get used to it, of course it's really fun. But if it was like you playing it, you would probably like, oh my god, this is fucking stupid. They go by really quick. Like the the notes come by really really quickly, uh, and it's. I was like, I'm legitimately impressed that I can actually complete some of these songs because there, there's some, uh, there's some crazy movement that you have to do to uh, to keep in time for those songs. Yeah. Um, but I, but it was, it's one of those things. Like I just downloaded a new song. I've never played it before. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play it on expert and sight read it. You know, I'm going to. I'm not going to memorize the, you know, I haven't memorized the notes because I've never seen it before. So I'm just going to try my best to keep up with the song and sight read it. Uh, And I was able to actually sight read. uh, I was able to sight read the, you know, a few of those songs fairly, you know, fairly well. I didn't do perfect on them, but I was able to pass them at least. Um, you're going to knock over my cable here. 
Um, but yeah, the uh, yeah, if you uh, if you have the uh, the oh, I forget what it is mod saber, or, uh, I'm not sure exactly what it is anymore, but uh, beat mods mod sabers down. I think you know and it's gone forever, but. Uh, if you're looking at, you know, at the modding community, look for the anniversary pack and that's got like 27 songs or something like in it. Yeah. Worth the download. Absolutely worth the download because, uh, those songs are fun as fuck to play and I still can't beat some of them on expert plus, but, uh, I mean, I'm an expert, expert plus kind of guy. So. Well, at an hour a day, I'd hope so at this point, right? Well, I mean, it's getting to a point now where I want to actually show people that I can actually do this shit because I'm Time to open up that Twitch channel. I'm I'm a you know I'm not Get the green screen going. I'm not the best at it, but uh, a couple of these songs, I I am in the top ten for the world. Nice. <laughs> so um, there's there's that. I'm not doing too bad, probably because those songs haven't been out for very long, uh, but. Uh, I mean, I was able to, you know, to rank in the top 10 of a couple of these songs and I'm like, whoa, what the fuck, man? I'm, uh, I'm like a Joe Schmo in a fucking apartment, dude. <laughs> it's... Right. I say I've been playing, uh, I've got a much longer look at, um, what the fuck? Days Gone at this point. Days Gone. Zambies. Zambies. Freakers. Zambies. Whatever. Um, I've gotten to a point right now where. I can get Lola to go to sleep at about 10 o'clock and I can sink a couple hours in every night. And she gets sleepy, so I just let the dog go to sleep on my lap or whatever, you know. And then I can play video game for a little bit. Video games. And I've been playing that fairly religiously every night. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. I think where a lot of the... Like I was saying last week, I think a lot of the issues were the people that were reviewing it were reviewing a early pass of the game. Yeah, I saw that a, a lot. A lot of the reviews tend to tend to cycle around a lot of the technical issues. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one of those guys that likes to be an apologist for games, except for when I really disagree hard. Right. Right. Yeah. Take my uh, Fallout 76 grain of salt, as most of that was trolling. <laughs> but... This is not really the same thing. Like, uh, I'll give you another example. Like, Dying Light ended up with like a 75 on Metacritic, and I think it's one of the best um, post apocalyptic games out there, period. Uh, Dying Light is one of the few zombie games that I like to play. If it does melee you, combat extremely well. If, if that tells you anything, I mean. The combat is not as solid as Dying Light. However, I will say the story on this is way better than Dying Light. And. The well, story I think Dying Light ultimately was more of a concept game. I think they were testing whether or not they could really get it to work. I mean, it's basically Mirror's Edge with a lot of melee combat. Yeah. And it's here's what for too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's being written by Chris Avalon, so it's Yeah. I'm I have high hopes. Yeah. High hopes. High hopes. But I'll say here's what Days Gone does good and here's what Days Gone does bad at. Days Gone does really good at giving you a sense of motivation and a sense of direction as to what to do. There's almost so much to do and so many quests to do that the side content you really have to, like, force yourself to focus on. And that seems kind of weird, but it's not all fluff. A lot of it 
is kind of like opening up the story as to what's going on, right? So it starts off as like the world has gone to hell, and that's how the game starts off. I kind of like uh, what was that game called? That was the the game that made everybody cry a couple years ago. Oh, um, Last of Us. Last yeah. of Us. Okay, so you remember that starts off right as it's starting. Yeah. yeah. This does the same thing, and it sets the story up of basically Deacon looking for his wife. The guys. I think a lot of reviewers had a lot of issues with uh, let's let's be a social justice warrior for just a second. Uh, it's a white male protagonist. Oh boy, named Deacon Saint John. Yeah, yeah. See, so yeah. yeah. If you're an est- if you're if you're much into worrying so much about a lot of those other things, this yeah. makes you cringe. Um, I'm not so much. I he could have been fucking Mario, and I would have <laughs> I would have still given a shot. Right, like I just. His but you know, but Mario, Mario, Mario is an Italian stereotypical plumber, so let's let's just go social justice on that too. Uh, yeah, so many games and so many different types of made media. by the Japanese, right? But uh, anyways, all of that aside, right? So okay, yeah, he's a a white dude that's on a motorcycle, right? He's in a biker gang, and his uh, best friend Boozer. Has a lot of like head tattoos. They almost look like he almost looks like he belongs to the clan. Um, but like the story is kind well, of like it, it's essentially without giving too much away. Um, he's you spend a large portion of the early game um, working to build that relationship with that character, right? So there's a lot of character building. And there's a lot of different motivations. So like there's a camp that's full of preppers, basically. And there were preppers before everything went to hell, and it's very obviously there's still preppers. And the guy has like a radio station, and you hear the radio station. And you get the main character goes off on him all the time about how fucking wrong he is on things. Um, so he'll be listening to the radio and getting pissed off at this guy, but you still work for his camp sometimes. Um, there's another camp that's essentially it's a they call it a work camp, but it's basically almost a slave labor camp. So it's it's Miles Standish to the extreme. So if you remember like the story of the pilgrims and all that other stuff, there's that guy Miles Standish, Standish that said, "If you don't work, you don't eat." Right. They are very literal on that, and everybody in the camp works like a fucking dog in order to eat. So they're building these, you know, this farm and all this other stuff, and so they're working really, really, really hard to the point where you part of the story that you'll start to realize and this is a very minor spoiler is that there it's almost a slave camp you get paid to send people over there because they don't have any other options it's like they could die out in the wilderness or they could work their asses off almost to death at this camp and still live and survive and they're not forced to stay but it's like the best option is almost slave labor right so it's basically a slave camp and then you've got another like another camp that has its own issues or like one of the guys is a pacifist and like he's trying to build relationships with all the really crazy people and and kind of failing at it, right? And so there's a lot of like the fact that I can remember all this stuff and follow all this stuff in a game like this. It's not the goofy, campy story like you get in A Dead Rising. Um, There's a lot of that kind of stuff going on and I know that it was kind of, there's a lot of goofy concepts that when you look at it at surface level doesn't make a lot of sense. So you build honor and trust with each of these camps, right? And there's more than I've just mentioned. Right. But each of, that's your currency is your trust. And you, so essentially you get bounties is what they call it, or they're basically zombie ears. So that's your proof of how much impact you're making on the world. And you turn that into the camp and that builds trust. And also doing missions for those camps also builds that trust and that currency of the camp. So my currency with one camp does not transfer to the currency of the other camp. So what I do for that camp are the things that I can buy there. So the way that my progression works is twofold, threefold. 
I earn the credits of that camp. I build the trust to unlock levels of tiers of equipment with that camp, whether it be for my bike or my weapons. And then at the same time, I'm building XP for my skills that I have. And so the skills are not done in the same way as Skyrim. You're just getting basic flat XP for things. Right. And that flat XP translates to get more stamina when I get a melee kill or have more ammo being able to carry on your person or have more, they call a focus, which is basically like, uh, you know, uh, gun kata, right? Like it's, right. it's where it's pain, slow time, slow time, right? So you build up that slow time. You go to the, you go to these camps to get one of three level ups. You find these hidden camps. These hidden camps are left by like scientists that were trying to research the world before everything went to hell. And when you go to those camps, you can level up your health, your stamina, or your focus, which is the slow time. So all these things are being leveled up at the same time. And then all the missions make sense. Like I'm trying to let the story progress naturally. So I keep running into hordes, smaller hordes, and I've run into some pretty massive hordes. And I don't know what the max horde size is for this engine, but I can tell you right now that it's pretty massive to a very <laughs> impressive degree. Sweet. Um, but... Right now, I'm in a space where I'm trying to stealth around them to complete objectives because I don't have the tools to take them all out. Like, I have 100 rounds of ammo and a few pipe bombs, a few grenades, and a few Molotovs, and that is not going to take out 200 of these guys, right? Yeah. So, like, I'm in a spot right now where it would be very difficult for me to complete that, but I know that at a certain point, I get napalm bombs on top of this. I get timed explosives that I can make. I get alarms so like you can basically like ties a like a can to an alarm clock he throws that that attracts a big chunk of them so then he can throw an explosive and you know blow up like 20 of them i don't have all that stuff i found it in the world but i don't have it so i know that if i waste the resource i'd be blowing my one shot so i want to be able to craft that stuff before i do it but i'm in a part of the story right now where i'm starting to understand the horde and understand what the movement is and how to work effectively so one of the camps is kind of teaching me like what i need to do to take one of these on. So there's these like smaller challenges that I'm taking on. And yes, there there's not really fetch quests per se. So it'll say, Hey, we need you to take out these, this particular camp of people because they're really dangerous. Right. So there's that type of mission. There's the, Hey, I need you to clear out these nests. Is that those are like the basic side missions. And then there's the missions that let's explore your past a little bit. Let's explore the motivations of this camp. This camp needs medicine. Let's go explore this area and survey the area and figure out what you need to get that medicine. Um, then I'm going to go back and then I've got to figure out, I got a series of choices I need to make that are going to impact the story one way or another. And then you'll run into random people in the wild that are like being like, maybe they're trapped in their car or they're being held captive or they're like running from a group of basically Mad Max style raiders of sorts. Right. And if you save that person, you can send it to one of the camps. Right. And they all have different wards. So I can give you an example. I can send it to the work camp and I just get money. Like, just camp credit. I can send it to the fanatic camp, and I'll get some money and some honor. Or I can send it to the pacifist camp, where I know they're not going to be worked to death, and I get nothing but straight honor. So I've got a choice on which one I do, and that makes an impact overall as to what I'm getting access to. Right. So the variety of quests and the fact that it's always driving you towards stuff. So there's a lot of quests that had me, for example, I went... I. Don't want to tell too much of the story, right? But there's a story beat where I'm following somebody and this person gets kind of drunk and lost and it's kind of like their redemption story. So I'm kind of going on these crazy adventures with this drunk person trying to keep up with them um, while they're getting in all sorts of shit 
Um, and then it kind of just boils down as to what made him get to that point kind of thing. Right. And then it's like a bonding experience between the two characters. And I can tell you that the acting is very well above average um, to the point that I'm following it much like an episode of something. So I just, it is a good, it feels a lot like the world building and story building that you'd have in something like a series like the walking dead, where there was a lot of emphasis on the characters and not as much emphasis on the zombies. Right. And the zombies are just the, 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 what would you call that? It's not the mulligan, the, they're the, they're the catalyst on the side, right? That just drives this world. Yeah. They're the, they're, the, they're an engine to that world that drives it, but they're not the focus. The focus isn't just going and getting bounties. Like you, you could just go and grind hordes, like if you wanted to and that, but that wouldn't be the main motivation of the story at all. Like even close, like you're still a lot of the motivation is figuring out what happened to the world, figuring out what they can do to restore the world, figuring out you can restore society and figuring out your character's trying to redeem himself because he's done a lot of shit in his past and he wants to get past some of that. And there's a lot of points where he's like, there's even a point where you run across these crazy people that are hunting dogs and this, you know, I love dogs. Yeah. So you see them kill a dog and you, your character is like really like upset about it right oh, yeah. then he has to put down a dog and he's crying about putting down the dog and i feel bad about him because he's having to put down the dog right <laughs> because these crazy people are out there hunting dogs and <sighs> then you go ape and go kill that the assholes killing dogs which felt really good honestly, yeah, well, yeah. because I, I love dogs right and these are crazy cannibal people or whatever right so but just would it piss you off if i told you that as i walk around in the division I see a dog, and it's target practice. Hey, oh, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you, dude. I have not killed Granted, one dog. So are the deer. So the deer, I I not, don't. The deer don't bother me near as much. I, I've not killed one dog in the in the division. If you used to look up stats, if there's a stat for it, I'm sure there is. They track everything. If there was a button to pet dogs, I'd be petting all the fucking oh, dogs. Yeah, yeah. You you pet the dogs, you shoot the deer and the raccoons, and go fuck themselves. And, and the cats. Pfft, yeah, okay. Yeah, you can hardly ever see the cats anyway, but Yeah. Um but yeah, there's I a lot I think I've of, seen one cat. Uh, I've seen a lot they more did, cats. Well, than I'll you. tell you the, the scene that I ran into, they make these dogs look like the most precious little animals ever. Like they do a lot to make these look like the fluffiest, most adorable animals ever, and I can't help my little child self. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. As we all look at this little puppy going, to, you know, going to town on her bed right now. Uh, she yeah. she digs in her bed no. to make sure she's getting into her burrow. I do want to make it clear that what I do in the division is nowhere near what I do in real life. <laughs> He's not a I psycho. Know. Yeah, uh, I'm not a psycho. But I, I, yeah, you did adopt that dog that ended now, up on your doorstep. Now, cats, on the other hand, mm, yeah. If I could find a way to make my wife's cat disappear. Yeah, but my wife's cat is the devil. I'm just cat indifferent. I don't hate cats, but I'm I'm not actively seeking them out. So, like, if there's a household that has cats and dogs, I will be attracted to the dogs to pet them. And the cats, if I think you're not a psycho cat and you come over and you want a little (laughs) bit of a scratch, you'll get a little bit of a scratch, (laughs) right? The funny thing is, there's a there's a higher percentage chance that you're uh, that a cat's going to go psycho. Most cats that don't know you. Like, if they're not friendly at all, it's like you touch them and it's like buzzsaw. It's like, I'm just going to leave you alone. If you can just Here's hang out there and watch about me. cats. No matter how sweet it might start out, yeah. all cats eventually 
turn into the biggest cunts. <laughs> I can't name this episode Cats or Cunts. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, granted, I've had really bad luck with cats. Like, yeah. my aunt's cat was, my aunt that I lived with for a while, Yeah, was pure evil. Oh, of course. Like, it was a direct spawn of satan or horse or whatever I used to have a cat named beastly that would um, do this thing beastly was the name he lived up to the name what he would do black cat you know soft fur everything like super cute right but uh he was black as night with big freaking yellow eyes and you could tell when his you know when he uh uh, when he unsheathed his claws and bared his fangs because they were white as hell. I mean, uh, and what he would do is he would, he'd be perfectly fine with jumping up. If you're sitting down watching a movie or sitting down playing a video game or whatever, he'd be perfectly fine jumping up on, you know, onto your lap, laying down and purring. And as long as you didn't move or go to touch him in any way, you're fine. But if you move... Or you go to pet him, he will immediately bear all weapons and sink them all into flesh. Yeah. Uh, you type, you you go to pet him, he will flip over and do the whole buzzsaw thing with his freaking feet. You well, know, my wife's he cat not gentle about it at all. Was sweet until we moved to the house. Yeah, the tr- in, somewhere in the transition from our apartment to our house. I mean, motherfucker's pretty. Mm-hmm. He's majestic as fuck. For a fat cat, yeah. For a fat cat. But he has the personality of a serial killer. Well, I mean, he was good with me, so... I mean, it still yeah. took a little bit. To How like... long did you have to live with us before he <laughs> it was, was okay It was, it was a good six months or so before he realized that I wasn't there to, like, steal him or kill him or, you know, or anything. But, yeah, he would hiss at me every time I walked by him, but... I'm all right with cats, though. I, I've found that out. Um, I'm I don't want a cat because, well, they stink. Um, their litter box stinks. Um, they're easy to take care of as long as you take care of the litter box, but they're incredibly messy. Um, you know, but I found out that I'm I'm actually fairly all right with cats. I figure them out fairly easily. Uh, and I ended up having to go over to uh, to a friend's place last weekend to uh, to break into a Windows 10 computer because that's a thing I can do. Um, and uh, she's like, well, my cat's really mean, so I don't know if, you know, do you like cats? And I'm like, yeah, well, as long as a cat doesn't, like, attack the shit out of my leg, I'll be fine. You right. Know? You know, I go over there. I, I no more than get into the place and sit down to work on the computer, and the cat is all over me loving the shit out of me and it's like the sweetest cat and she, and the you know this owner is like i've never seen him do that before i don't know what what are you did you just roll in catnip before you come over and i'm like yeah, no but that's a really good idea uh, <laughs> you know i i have a way with cats I just, I, I can't own one because I hate cleaning litter boxes, so. Yeah, yeah I'm just, uh, Yeah. I I don't mind 
fisting a cat. I'm not visiting, going to own another because one. that sounded a lot like fisting, and we really don't need any any postal thing going on here. We right. don't need to use them as silencers. Um, but <laughs> I, in no way, am I. I remember this shit. I don't know why. I don't either. Um, but in no way am I going to own another one. No, I couldn't. I couldn't either. I, I I agree with you there. I do want a puppy, though. I mean, I, I really do kind of want a puppy. But I, yeah, this puppy's giving you puppy fever. Uh, yeah. You're you're like a you're like a thirty something woman who hasn't had a child right uh, now. No, I'm not nearly yeah. that bad. I'm not nearly that bad. Not saying that that's like super bad. I'm just saying I'm not like running out to get a puppy right now i i know my limits and you know what i'm able to do as far as and i wouldn't i wouldn't want to put a a puppy through 12 hours of me being at work so i'm not going to put a puppy through that no no matter how much i love this puppy i'm not going to do that uh the other thing is is the last time i had a puppy it was a rottweiler and all of my cables were then chew toys so, and you know how many cables I have running around in the house, so yeah, that's not no, going to be a thing. You, you would definitely need um, a lower, a lower energy puppy. That's not going to happen. I'm going to get pit. <laughs> I love pit bulls. Uh, I, I think they I get the worst too. rap ever, and I think that just having one prevents them. You know. It, I've seen many, many really awesome pit bulls, and I think that just just in total, they get the worst rap possible. They are the sweetest dogs ever. Um, they really are. So you know, it's it's sad to see that they're like on the first on the you know on the list to get put down in shelters and shit. But, you know, so I would get a shelter dog, and it would be a, it'd be a it'd be a pet. You know, that would be, that's my way of saying, hey, not all of these guys are bad. Or gals. Whatever. Yeah. I'd um, probably end up getting a gal. Gals are easier on the raisin. Yeah. So. Um, they're they're generally fairly calm, even if you don't have them spayed right away. Males, on the other hand, don't really calm down until you cut off their nuts. <laughs> God. All right, well, I mean... Fortunately, this dog has no nuts to cut. <laughs> Where are my nuts, Summer? <laughs> <laughs> that has to be one of the best episodes it's, of a thing anytime, anytime, anywhere. Uh, That's oh. the episode that got me hooked on Rick and Morty. I didn't even watch it, and Trent being Where are my the person testicles? he is, he's like, I'm going to get you hooked in about five minutes. Where are my testicles, we, Summer? We just went to that part of that episode, and I was like... I'm going to watch the rest of these. He's like, they're all on your DVR. <laughs> you may call me Snowball, for my fur is white and fluffy. <laughs> awesome episode. I love it. I think, um, just to summarize this before we take a break, because I think it's break time. <laughs> it's break time. I was reading through while well, we were kind of discussing this. I was just getting what the general sentiment was on Days Gone at this point. And there was one personal reviewer that wasn't a... Uh, Somebody really obsessed with zombie tropes or really obsessed with a lot of, uh, you know, white male protagonists that was saying essentially 
Yeah, think of this like fried chicken, except it's really good fried chicken. It's like there's a lot of things that are the same, but it's still fried chicken, and damn it, I like fried chicken. So if you're into that kind of thing, right, like it, if you're really into that type of story, right, if you're into the zombie, I'm into the zombie tropes. I'm not, I'm, I'm unashamedly into that kind of stuff. Complete opposite. Fuck zombies. Please take them away. Dawn of the Dead. Different Dawn thing. of the Dead was one of the things that I liked the most growing up. Come up with a different monster, please. Thank you. What, regardless of the situation, I've always liked that trope per se, right? Um, before it even went, you know, it's just it's something I've grown up with, right? It's the only monster that I can deal with. Um, so for me, I like it. If you don't like zombies, you're probably not going to like it. But I can say, especially from a technical perspective, the the horde is fucking s- scary as shit. Um, there is, a, you know, I'm not much into fast zombies, but just the way that they get that thing to animate and work as a team. From a, I don't even know technically how they're animating that many characters and setting it up in that way. It's like one huge machine. Well, I mean, things are, you know, the the tech behind these things is, uh, I mean, it's grown leaps and bounds. And really, the first game that kind of pushed the amount of, like, characters on the screen was the Dead Rising games, right? So, yeah, and, and by Dead Rising... The last one, I mean, you were talking like huge yeah, S-words, got, but they move slow. Yeah, you've got super like blocks of zombies, like full city blocks full of zombies. Um, there's, know, a, there's a sawmill, and if you're just interested in this, I would say takes a while to build up to, right? But I keep passing the sawmill. And the sawmill, in the daytime, there's not a lot going on, but around, at night, it is like a crater full of creatures. Like, there's just so much there. <laughs> Yeah. And I've taken my bike and just kind of ridden around to see what it looks like when everything moves. And I look behind me and there is it is just like a tidal wave. <laughs> like it's amazing, but at the same time I'm just like, I don't know how I'm gonna take this on. Yeah. You don't. I don't have the tools at this point. You nuke it from orbit. That's the only way to be sure. Well, and I can see they've set up choke points, they've set up like explosive barrels and things like that. They've set up gas cans and things like that that you can blow up. But like, it would be a staged trap that I would have to set up. And there's another one that I need to work on right now that's in a big cave. So I kind of wandered into a cave not knowing what was going on in there. And then they're just, like, all just chilling out. I shine my light. And then there's just, like, a carpet of bodies. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. No, I'm good. Thanks. And then one spots me. And then it screams. And, it, you know, they're not slow zombies. So it starts running. So I hauled ass. And I shoot my gun once. And it's just, like, all of them are on me. And it's like, fuck this. And, of course, yeah. The death animations in this are great, too, as everything just fucking dogpiles you. But, uh, yeah, um, overall, I like it. I like it a lot. It's for zombie games. The last one I really, really liked besides Days Gone or besides uh, Dying Light would have been the Dead Rising 3. Yeah. I really like Dead Rising 3. Um, I don't. <laughs> so this, since Dead Rising 3, this is completely different setting when it comes to how serious it takes itself, but... I think it does it well. Yeah, you can't you you can't rely on me to actually give you a. Uh, Last of Us is excellent too, but Last of Us is not open world like these two games are. Right. You know, I'm a, uh, you know, when it comes to zombie games or anything that even resembles a zombie-ish type character, uh, you know, I'm not a I'm not a big fan. So I'd know. say I'm 20 hours in, and I don't feel like I've gotten halfway through the story. No. Yeah. 
That's... I mean, it's a, it's a fairly big game, and I, and I like the mechanics of it. I, I I can appreciate what they can, you know, what they're able to do technically with the game. But damn it, if they just these these games are just all over the place now, and I I'm I'm done with it. I'm done with I'm done with that trope completely. Right. I've been done with that trope for years now, and it's still pervasive. So, all right, well. Let's take a break. Yeah, I'll take uh, We'll be back. back oh yeah yeah we're back yeah had to poop the dog yeah <laughs> you do have to poop the dog you do that way she don't poop inside it's great doesn't poop on my lap like last week holy yeah crap. holy crap <laughs> <laughs> yeah you were saying last when you came over today that you that fart was so bad that you smelled it on yourself the whole ride home yeah i i had to i had to actually fucking throw stuff in the washing machine because damn did that fart linger uh i think she uh she drilled it hard into my thigh and it was it was uh it was was smelling it even standing outside at his car (laughs) like (laughs) she probably took us a mini dump on your pants yeah yeah the uh they 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 sometimes no there there was no stain there was no stain it was just the smell was really strong yeah puppy farts Man, yeah, she's the just chemicals over there. in that puppy's fart are epic. Yeah, she's over there going, "I'm just, you know, I'm just the cutest little innocent thing in the world." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, are. my other dog's giving her the stink eye. Yeah, mascot number one, Zoe the Wonder Dog. Zoe the Wonder Dog, the Chewbacca dog, super chunk, super. Yeah, yeah she's she getting, she's getting a little chunky, but hey. <laughs> Her 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 coat is really soft though, so what you're doing is all right. Yeah, the the new dog food. She's not shedding likes crazy. Yeah, she's just getting really fat. Yeah, <laughs> you just need to cut back a little bit. She needs to go on keto, like I was telling her telling you before. I just need to take her on more walks. <laughs> Problem right. is that she's at a point right now. I feel like I'm gonna give her a heart attack for uh, take her too far. Oh no, she, they'll be able. She'll be able to handle it's, it. It's funny that you t- talk about like her activity, right? This mm-hmm. little dog wears her the fuck out <laughs> because I'll let them both outside, and then the little dog, of course, has like super zoom energy, right? And she just zooms around the yard chasing Zoe, and Zoe like lets her hang on her ears a little bit, and then does the dog boxing thing, mm-hmm. rolls her over, and then they run in circles around the yard. Well, Zoe can take about five circles around the yard, and she is pretty tuckered out. By that time, I can hear the growl coming, and it's like, all right, Zoe, bring her to me. And <laughs> Zoe being a herding dog, she will rock up right next to me, and she will put the puppy between me and her, and then she knows I'll pick up the puppy. So she's been pretty good about it, except I keep putting the dog on a little bit of a leash in the house uh, so that I can get something done, and Zoe will go there and fuck with her while she's on the leash. Oh, of course. Like it's, <laughs> She even steals her toys when... The puppy's occupied, and she just takes him off into the corner and hides with her fucking toys. It's yeah. like, you bitch. Well, you know, they all have their uh, the, their things. It's called jealousy, and it's real. Yeah. Dog jealousy is a real thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it's been difficult to manage. But 
other than that, there's a lot of uh, video game news out Vig- there. There's some bigger news than we're oh, used to. Yeah. Um, there's... Jason, what do you got, Jason? There is. Um, basically, what uh, what I've been uh, interested in is there is a rumor out there, and surprisingly, Wall Street Journal actually reported it. Uh, that Netflix and Nintendo are moving forward with a live-action Legend of Zelda series. Yeah. That has title power, but I never thought of Zelda as having story power. Right. Um, yeah. Apparently, they're aiming for a family-friendly Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones-esque series. Why? Um, I mean, I'd be willing to give it a shot because I just want to see. But you're never really going to get a gritty Zelda, right? Like, we have Castlevania for that gritty fantasy. Ooh, right, yeah. And they did pretty good on Castlevania. Like, I'm not even an anime fan, and even though it's kind of done in an anime style, like, it's gritty as hell. I, I like the humor in it, so. I, I, I love Castlevania. Yeah, so Castlevania, perfect, <laughs> great. Um, I can't wait for the new. But. Legend Season. of Zelda, like like you said, there's not a lot of story to it. It is more of an experience, and you just it kind a, of... It's a fantasy puzzle-solving action game, you know? Right, so what are you going to do for dialogue? I mean, if there's I was a, a writer for hey! this... I'd be, yeah, hey, listen. Um, God, if they use that, I'm going to fucking cringe so hard. <laughs> uh, you know it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Of course they are, right. but... It can't happen as nearly as much as as that game for sure. Um, yeah, no, I, I would have a hard time trying to like come up with a story for it, like a written oh, yeah. like with dialogue story. Like most of the time, Link is out by himself or with a fairy, and what are you going to fucking do? Have conversations? How how are you going to be able to do this? It's- it's just one of those examples of games before there was much story, right? Like, there's a little bit of story once you got to, mm-hmm. what is it? Uh, what was the second one? It was Sparks, um, Link, something or other. I can't remember now. Link's Adventure. Yeah. There's, right. a, there's was, a few of them. Right, yeah. where you started to have, like, real basic quests. But the it was just, it's like a Godfather-type game, right? Like, yeah. it was the beginning of one of the first RPGs, like action RPGs out there, right? It was about skill-ups and very basic quests and very just, it was a basic dungeon diving, find your chest, get your upgraded item, and move on through the rest of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was, there. it's function over mostly substance, which is a weird thing, right? It's kind of like how Mario has a really abstract story that seems like it was fueled by magic mushrooms. And kind of was and might have been, but the gameplay itself has always been a benchmark of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just have, you know, it, it is the benchmark for platforming. You know, it's just everything you know, it's was compared to Mario. It's the difference between like checkers and chess. You know what I mean? Like it's easy to play, difficult to master kind of thing. And yeah. it's the same like Zelda's is one of those things where well, it's always been very good gameplay, very story light. It it defined a type of game. Like, you know, look at Darksiders 2. People automatically said, this plays like Zelda. Well, I mean, sure. It, yeah, Darksiders it, is basically just grown-up Zelda. Yeah, Darksiders 2 was was basically just Zelda made Zelda. Spawn. Yeah. <sighs> Actually, it was 
That's... It was McFarlane characters, wasn't it? Uh, no, not quotable, but I uh, think so. They look very similar. Big shoulders. Yeah, big shoulders. You know, but yeah, it, I I don't know. I don't know where that's going to go. It'd be interesting yeah. to see where the you know it's live action. Uh, yeah. Oh boy. I <laughs> I don't. Is this is this story thing going to be the dun 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 dun? It'll just so, be a, it'll just be a guy doing that, right? Like it'd just be hundreds. It'll be a forty-five minute episode of just that and a dude running across. You know, this is where there'll be a guy like pouring out a like like clay pot of rupees and drinking big jugs of milk when he needs help. Right now, this is where he'll be dying in a scene, and somebody he'll be he'll be like recovering, and he'll drink a big jug of milk, and they'll be like, "That's your reference, you little motherfucker." Now, this is where I say this would still be. Oh, boy. Firmly in the um, pipe dream slash rumor mill. Mm-hmm. They don't even have a writer. Well, I'm They're sure, like I was saying, one. I'm, I'm just saying, if if I was a writer, you know, and somebody comes up to me and says, hey, we want you to write a, Zel- uh, a, a Zelda, you know, a TV show based on Legend of Zelda, I'd be like, so you want me to write down the words, hey, listen, on a piece of paper and hand it to somebody? Yeah, no, you they're know, gonna go uh, into like the origins again, and or something like there were. There was more story in like um, what was the the last one that came out on Wii, not Skyward Sword, the one right uh, before Twilight, Twilight Princess. Princess. I know it's not as well liked. I like it quite a bit because like there is a decent amount of a decent chunk of story in there. Yeah, I liked it a lot actually. Um, and there was a kind of like an evolution of things going on, and I know in the main the newest one, yeah, there's an evolution of things going on, but I feel like it's still kind of story light. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You the if they're gonna do a Nintendo franchise, the one that I'd like to see would be well, two, one of two things, right? Castlevania, right? Well, Castlevania for sure, but right. which we're, we're getting the, we're already getting that, right? Yeah. And then which is yeah, a but direct Castlevania Nintendo, in live action would be probably uh, a, probably a pile of ass. Yeah. But there's like, too much fantasy there. It'd be Metroid, like, Metroid it'd be like would, Blood Rain. <laughs> no, but Metroid, oh, you could do like almost an aliens style adventure with something like Metroid. Oh, so you could. Yeah, so, Metroid would be so probably very badass. Metroid could be very um, sci-fi horror esque. Okay, in super live easy. action. There is there is actually a fan made film based on the met you know based on Metroid. Featuring a you know a person you know a chick playing Samus, uh, and it's it's on it, YouTube. Yeah, Crobot, it's like Crobot played Samus. Yeah, in that and yeah, you uh, uh, it's like maybe what twenty minutes long or something like that. Something like that. Worth a watch, and it's it was basically a proof of concept of yes, you could make either a show or a movie off of you know off of the Metroid franchise. It's just it could play out very much in a similar way as like like I said like aliens or something like that like isolated on a planet. I mean, uh, trying to kind of survive or because you know that you can't survive everything there, but there's have a badass character on an isolated planet while you're trying to find something and there's enough having meat to... having having cool toys to play with to kind of keep yourself alive and that would be cool. Yeah, there's enough meat to the Metroid franchise to be able to do. You know something along the lines of maybe the the length of maybe the newest Battlestar Galactica. I think there's because Battlestar Galactica you you look at 
you look at the original show. With all the crazy capes and everything. Like, look at the original show, what they came from. Yeah. And then when so they big. when they did the new uh, new Battlestar Galactica, they added so much to it, but it fit. It it worked. Yeah. You know, Metroid has basically it has good bones, but if they added more to uh, added more interaction from you know between Samus and say the space pirates and why they're doing what they're doing and you know the whole idea or what you know what's going on behind Mother Brain and you know, and a bunch of other things. She could be some kind of scientist that also is used to being in the isolated nowhere that also knows how to survive. Right. That's looking for some kind of cure to some kind of thing that's plaguing humanity. And, and, and then there's the... Right, and then there's your trope, and then it you, just You've works got the mystery elements from, you know, from the bird race, the... Uh, I, I always want to say chorizo, but I know that's a sausage. Um, uh, the, it's uh, some delicious sausage. <laughs> uh but it's it's the bird race that raised Samus after she was you know let you know she was orphaned. Then there's the whole idea of you know like the backstory from her orphanage and what led to that and a bunch of other things. So I know these points have kind of been peppered around all the different Metroid games. A lot of the mobile games actually kind of explore some of these. Well, and the character's not so cartoony that like Mega Man's cool, but the Meg- there's no way there's you can no make way. a live action Mega Man right. Because he is a cartoon. Right. Right. You start to make the proportions correct on him, and he looks really fucking weird you or start, super generic. You, you start doing the proportions on Mega Man, you end up with what we ended up with for fucking Sonic. Right, right. You it just doesn't look right. A really muscular man in tight pants and boots and a helmet, and he looks like a he's, weird Ultraman. He's and then he's got this. to look like a robot. Yeah. That's the thing. He's supposed to look like he's got an, the little round head. Like and an a, android. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A very Japanesey robot. Yeah. Though I would not. I would, they would put they would put Mega Man in like a big like fucking hipster beard. If if they was to if they was to do a Mega Man X, like you anime, would watch, you would watch anything Mega Man. Of course I would. Uh, even if it was terrible. Um, uh, then of course I'd bitch about it because it was terrible. But if they was to do a Mega Man X, uh, you know. Uh, series that was either anime or computer generated, like computer animated, I'd watch the fuck out of it for sure. Oh yeah, because then they would be able Could, to actually capture the character properly. Or even like uh, if they went to if they did it in like the same style like the Voltron series was done in. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, that yeah. I, I'd be all right with that. Though I would probably lean more towards the. Uh, uh, CGI. I I want a yeah. CGI. You know, game, you, you know what I'm really sick of though is just the cannibalization of our nostalgia growing up. Right. So all of us thirty somethings that grew up in the '80s and '90s, and we're seeing these spinoffs of these things that were either toys or video games. Yeah. I'd almost just rather see original concepts, right? Because they end up being cheaper versions or hack versions of what you liked, and then it becomes disappointing. And then you spent money on it because they knew you would want to check it out at least. Yeah. Right, because yeah. right. most people don't pirate things anymore like they used to. Uh, still, there, unless but... you're below the age of eighteen, or you're just flat out broke. Now, here, here's what I would say: the Castlevania animated series on Netflix is literally the only good video game thing I've seen in a is, very long time. Well, it's the perfect example, and here's why: you took a game that was 
for the most part, since the original Castlevania came out up until the last couple of games, sure, there was some story there, but it was fairly story light. Yeah, and fairly cheesy. And fairly cheesy. It, like, if they made that a series, and, and this is you, fucking blasphemy, but it would have turned out like fucking Twilight. Ugh. So, Ugh. I mean, it the fact that it's Zelda and Zelda's fairly story light, it, you... If you have the right writer, it could turn out to be a good thing. I, I don't have, even know who the right I'm writer not, is for it. I'm not. Why don't we have a George R.R. Martin up. version of The Legend of Zelda? <laughs> oh, and God. all the people, all the characters just keep dying. And then you have brother fuckers out there. So <laughs> it would just be fucking horrific, <laughs> but also incredibly entertaining. <laughs> Link's about to die. What's he going to do? I've got a jar with a fairy in it. We're going to have the bloodiest fairy sacrifice scene ever. Uh, <laughs> but Link that will said, live. It's, it, have you watched Bright? The fairy will not. Yes, I've seen Bright. And it'll, be like that scene, it'll be like that scene where he hits the, the fairy of the baseball bat. Actually, <laughs> it was a broom, but whatever. Oh, yeah. It, that movie's kind of like awesomely bad. Yeah, it is. It's, it's It was pretty entertaining, but it's so cross genre like i i feel like at the end like it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have won any oscars but it was fairly entertaining no it's just a high fantasy you know, cop, uh, like buddy cop movie it's high fantasy mix of the buddy cop and fucking gangland like it's so yeah, it's weird. fucking out there yeah but yeah i don't know how well it worked but i i did watch I, it i, I watched did watch it. it and i didn't pause it yeah i didn't i didn't stop watching it like it was one of those I, that i has, enjoyed bright it got I got through it and I'm like, okay, well, this isn't going to win any awards, but it was I'm, still I'm no, fun. I'm no movie critic by any means, and I'll say that I actually kind of liked it. I have a girlfriend really liked it. She was like, "This is so weird, but I like it." Yeah, it, that's the thing. It's like this is a weird thing. They're for, probably not going to make a bright two, but whatever. We just for, wanted to see some badass fights. Yeah. For me, it was uh, it was kind of like the uh, the high fantasy version of Alien Nation. Oh God! Yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah, uh, it, it was. I am kind of because of that. I got a ton of enjoyment out of that movie. It, um, it, Alien Nation was. Uh, that's way back there. Yeah, that's way back there. But I mean, I have memories of watching it as a kid. Yeah, now yeah, I, yeah the same memories of that as I wa- have watching Max Headroom. Like it's so far back that it seemed cool. But it probably wasn't. No, no, it's not. I mean, if you look at the Max Hetrum stuff now, it's very... It's very... like, I remember really liking Time Tracks. And I went back to watch that, not very recently, but a couple years back. And I was like, man, this show was not that good. No. <laughs> it was just cool because time travel and it was the 90s. Right. No, but that's the thing. We can actually we can actually just write it off. Yeah, it was the 80s. Yeah, it was the 90s. Uh, yeah, Hulk yeah. Hogan had a couple of movies that I liked when I was a kid too, but they're not that good. No, <laughs> I actually never really liked those movies. Oh boy! But anyway, moving away from movie talk. Yeah. Um. So other couple other big things actually uh, came from uh the state of PlayStation. Oh boy! Yesterday. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, the state of uh. Stay of the company stream. Um, there were a few uh, few announcements. Yeah, some indie so, stuff. So, um, 
they announced a uh, anniversary collection for Castlevania. I saw that. I'm pretty interested. Um, I'm a I'm a fan. That's actually going to be uh, coming out for all current platforms. Good. Um, I'm kind of excited about that. So, like, even Xbox? Yeah. That's good. Um, PC? PC? PC. PC. Oh, buddy. And Nintendo Switch. Nice. So, what's well, it include? Castlevania is a Konami product, right? Yes. Yeah. So, what's it include, does it say? Um, I was pulling Maybe, it No, wait, is it Capcom? Or was it Konami? It was Konami. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm thinking, you is know, that, that's one you, of the only video games they'd make right now, right? You, you want to know what I was thinking of when you were asking that? Is I was replaying the title role of the of, of each Symphony one of the, the games. Yeah. No, I was just playing replaying like you know back in the Super Nintendo days, you had the the so, the title card for the publisher of the game. The, so Konami and Capcom had two different ones, and I was trying to figure out was it the lines or no? Was you it blue just and white? I just remember the music's like so. The anniversary collection is nineteen ninety nine. Okay. Digital only. Okay. It includes Castlevania. Okay. It includes two Simon's Quest. Oh boy. Three Dracula's Curse. Okay. okay. Super Castlevania Four. Okay. The yeah. game, the Game Boy titles Castlevania Adventure and Castlevania Two Belmont's Revenge. Okay. Uh, the Sega Genesis Castlevania but Bloodlines. That was a good one. Um, and Kid Dracula. From uh, Super Nintendo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that one's kind of a what? <laughs> Wait, I'm aware of a game you weren't aware of? Yeah, that's a kind of a what? It was a Japan-only release. Gotcha. Yeah. What? No, so of those... Um, that's where... Um, so if I remember correctly, that followed... Uh, a la carte. Yeah, basically. I kind of figured. Um, so yeah, the 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 games there I'm worried about Castlevania 2. Because Castlevania 2 has a point in it where you basically can't progress and the game doesn't give you any clues about it until you look it up. And the only way the only way that people were able to beat that, that game back in the day that's was the one if, where you had to Pull a cartridge, right? Or no, turn it off. No, no, I don't think it was that. The, it, it had to do with the tornado cliff, if I remember correctly. You had to have a certain item at a certain part of the day to be able to ride a tornado to oh, the top of the cliff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but that was not hinted at at all in the game, and the only way that people could you know could figure that out is if they read the Nintendo Power that had that uh, had the walkthrough for that one part of the quest. Yeah, you know. Otherwise, you you, you just didn't you, you just didn't progress. And that, I got up to that point every single time, but because I didn't know what to do and I didn't look, I didn't read Nintendo Power at the time. I didn't know what to you know how to progress to the game, and it was kind of pre-internet days. So, yeah, you were kind of you were kind of boned if you rented that game. <laughs> so you either knew somebody that knew how to do it. Or you had a Nintendo Power. So I'm interested to see if they've made any changes to that particular part or if they've added some kind of hint. Right. So we'll we'll find out. Um, also announced uh, 
Predator Hunting Grounds was also announced. Yeah. Um, so, so it's an isometric online multiplayer. Uh, what? Asymmetrical. Asymmetrical. Not asymmetric. I, not Sorry. isometric. Not isometric. So what do you Sorry. mean by asymmetrical? So it's kind of like Evolve or Friday Oh, you 13th. mean like there's one protect one antagonist and everybody else's versus that so one person. So it's yeah. four soldiers versus one predator. Okay. And you've got the predator skills and you can do the traps and the uh, it looks like you can, you know, be invisible just like the predator and, you know, and stuff. Yeah. And, the, and the hunters have to basically hunt you. The soldiers have to hunt you or escape. I'm not sure which. It's It was a, it was a teaser trailer where it just showed four soldiers and yeah. the predator on a tree. So I'm, 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 I'm extrapolating, but yep. that's, that's what, that's uh, what I would see from that I mean, game. Uh, Look, I'm waiting area. for more. It's not even in beta yet. So, but it's we'll the see. same guys that did Friday the 13th. Yeah. So, uh, Friday the 13th did all right. Trent was pretty pissed at it. Did it, it did all right, but not they, great. They never really smoothed it out the way we were hoping. So, what I hope and some from of the this, changes they made throughout development actually ruined some of the stuff we saw early. Hey. I like. I still fucking laugh every time I see the fucking O face at the beginning of each one of those matches. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I because it has to do with uh, you know with weapons because you know the predator is basically freaking decked out with different weapons, uh, and the soldiers are of course going to have weapons of their own it's going to play differently than you know friday the 13th for sure it's going to be a lot more ranged combat uh and because predator is melee and ranged yeah predator you know predator is more like ambush tactics for melee and then ranged to take out certain you know certain people but uh it'd be interesting to see how overpowered the predator is because i mean he can fucking stealth yeah he could be invisible we're uh, I'm not anticipating great well, the things. Marines would probably have motion trackers. Uh, true, but you could sit in a spot and snipe with the predator. Yeah, or just drop out of a tree. The thing is, is that the predator's camouflage wasn't perfect. It still had the light bend, so if you were observant, you could probably still see it. Um, but yeah, I'm not very into. I'm not anticipating great things because a it's the same developers as Friday the 13th, so they have to step up their game. Uh, and b uh, asymmetricals are uh, very hit and miss, and there hasn't been one that really took off. Yeah. Honestly, I'm still way more excited for Phoenix Point coming out next month. Yeah, Phoenix Point looks great. So, but along with that, they also. After four years in development hell, we got a full teaser trailer for Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> Another teaser trailer for Final Fantasy VII. Final um, Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, boy. How, this many, is, how many is it? It's over 20 years old at this point, right? Well, the, the Yeah, the 20th game, anniversary yeah. was in 2017. So, Final Fantasy VII Remake is... Uh, it, it is... Going it's, to be a game I'll play for sure because it's a mythical game. I, I, 
love the idea of of bringing Final Fantasy VII up. I don't necessarily love the idea of the action combat, but that's kind of to be expected because they probably used probably built off of the latest Final Fantasy game. You know what's sad is I never finished the latest Final Fantasy uh, that came out, and mm, now they've Final released all yeah, and they've released all the content for it at this point. Yeah, I've actually thought about like when I finish. Like, I need to find a couple of games that I want to dig through that are older games this year. And the things I think I want to go back to is Monster Hunter World. And I want to go back to Final Fantasy. Monster Hunter World was just so fucking good last year. Yeah. Uh, I I enjoyed the fuck out of it. And it's getting another expansion. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. the... Yeah. I forget exactly what Don't leave fuck. me hungry. Yeah. Uh, d- 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 uh, give me a sec here. Oh my god, where is it at? This fucking puppy is ridiculous. Uh, she can't hear, so she's hiding her eyes so she can sleep. <laughs> she burrowed her nose in my hand. <laughs> she's Crap. perfectly still. Uh, I'll come up with the you know with the name of it here in a uh, in a second. You got an idea of about the so, release date? So. Because at that point, Jason, it's fucking go time. And we're going to hunt some fucking dragons and shit. For what? Monster Hunter World. Monster Hunter World Iceborne is the name. Um, I've heard about this. And the uh, expansion drops September 6th. Fuck yes. And uh, that is going to... Uh, go in. They say it's a it's a massive expansion. It's a completely new story with new locale and new monsters. Um, and I love to say this is it is it. I mean that seems like it deserves a price tag. The uh, oof, uh yeah, guess what? Is it free? Uh, Iceborne costs forty dollars as the standalone expansion, Woo! which is. Pretty big, but if you don't have the main game, you can bundle the main game and Iceborne for the normal $60 price tag. That's that's a good deal. That's a pretty good that's deal if a, you've not gotten into yeah. Monster Hunter World already. And that's like getting even more players into that game. Yes. Now, with uh, with Iceborne, because They must have a very substantial amount of people still playing that. There is quite a few people playing that game. I still, still. see people on my list that play that. Yeah, it is... It, Whereas Looks like I'm going to be getting we, we at least Jason, actually move but around. definitely JD and back into playing that. Yeah, well, we just as a group of us, we have to kind of move around to other games to have something to talk about. There are people who still play this game as the main, as their main game, and there's still content to actually do. They're always grinding for new sets of I gear just, and shit like that. But I'm just not that kind of gamer. I I tend to digest and move on i i sample different types of food you know yeah you you have gamer add and we all already know that um there's quite a few monsters that were ice based or cold based that were not included in monster hunter world but have some really cool move sets from say the you know the mobile versions of the game or the japanese versions of the game uh that need just screamed to be put into monster hunter world and the idea that they're expanding on it and adding more monsters to hunt 
in a new locale that's in a cold set in a section. I'm not sure if it's on the same island or wherever, but if it's somewhere else where they have, you know, where we have to actually hunt these things, and it, you know, it brings back some of these really iconic monsters from the previous games. That's going to be really fantastic. Like Rathalos got a big fucking deal when Rathalos was included into, you know, in Monster Hunter World, uh, because. Is a very uh, very popular monster. He's an iconic. He's an iconic dragon. Yeah, you know, and that was you know that was a really cool payoff for people who had played the uh, previous games, being able to see a Rathalos in that detail it, on a you know on a machine like an yeah. Xbox One X or a PlayStation Four. You know, and here's the thing: I, I think if you started with World, you probably shouldn't go back. World is the absolute best version of Monster Hunter there has ever been. And it's not a perfect game, but it is absolutely the best version of that game there is. And it is absolutely a blast. And if you could jump in for 30 minutes at a time and get some kind of sentence of accomplishment and fun. True. Though, if you are interested in the Monster Hunter universe, looking back at, say, some, you know, check out YouTube because there's quite a few uh, videos that I watched about all the different monsters that's not in world that, you know, that some sure some of them are basically recolor reskins, but some of them are not. Some of them are like unique characters or unique, you know, style monsters, uh, especially some of the elder dragons that are not in world uh, that are just super, super awesome looking. Uh, I mean, even for uh, for a mobile device like the you know the Game Boys that was you know running on and you know and stuff like that, yep. these are really good looking game you know good looking models for that type of uh, that type of uh, hardware. So you know if you're interested, there's quite a bit of information to find for uh, for Monster Hunter, and if they can put even a drop of that into World and make it look like World has looked in the past you know for the past year and a half fuck yeah fuck yeah that would be worth the 40 dollars yeah it would <laughs> yeah this, this puppy's just if i cover her eyes she goes back to sleep the the puppy's turning up the cute factor by by 11 um yeah so i'm looking forward to that that uh, that is uh i didn't know it was september but that might bring me back to Monster Hunter World. You know, if anybody, I will tell you the other game that I thought about getting back into that would be fun for you to at least try so we can swap pawns is um, Dragon's Dogma. You should give Dragon's Dogma a chance when you see it on sale with Steam. Okay. It is a very grindy game, but it's a very rewarding game. It has very good combat and very shit story. <laughs> It's a Capcom game. You're, Capcom's games are all about the fucking mechanics and their writers. Is, it either is just it's lost in translation and that could be the problem. But, yeah, it's a goofy-ass story. But the And the graphics on PC definitely look better than they did on PS3. Mm. Uh, but it's a very awesome combat game. Well, and I love jumping on the fucking ogres and, like, stabbing them in the face and shit like that. And it gets really fucking hard. But it... Basically, if you haven't played it, it's it's an action RPG. Mm. You get weapons and items, and it has big open areas that are kind of empty for a while until you run into these huge-ass boss fights. Um, and then it 
has these really, really long dungeons, and you you pick up pawns, and a pawn is either a character the game has created for you to be part of your party, so now you can have a mage or whatever, mm-hmm. or it is somebody else's character that they created that is operating on a preset moveset um, or configuration that you can get. So we could trade pawns, so I could like raise a wizard, right? It's kind of like Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So I could raise me a wizard, and you could raise like a healer, and then we could swap. It'd be uh sounds very like gr- grossly sexual. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Some weird, some weird uh, swapping going on there. So swap with my dragon's pod. dogma is a thing that swap my pod. I, uh, um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a thing that I've you looked be at, a swapper? but uh, I I haven't. I haven't picked it up. For me, RPGs have to be, you know, the only thing I play for a long period of time. And I'm kind of in a uh, in a position now where I'm kind of teetering on about three different games. Uh, so uh, I even had to, you know, stop my playthrough, uh, my replay through of Final Fantasy 15 because uh, because I had other games I wanted to play. So. Yeah, with me playing Days Gone, like I've thought about going back to some kind of action adventure game. But that's the only thing I could stump. I'd be like I was thinking about replaying Axiom Verge the other day, because that's just a good game. Yeah, it doesn't take you very long to beat either. So it's a Metroid style game. Yeah, yeah, dude. But Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy Seven remake, man. It, I mean, they've already said it's going to be episodic. Um, yeah, not- all the scenes that were in the trailer looked like they came from the first act. Yeah, it, it is. It's the exact same um, thing as the starting area from Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, it all looked all, like it was Midgard. Yeah. Uh, the initial attack on the Mako Reactor. Uh, I remember too much about this game. Uh, that's that's how iconic it is. I haven't played this game since, what, the fucking 90, late 90s? When it you know, came out? It's been so long at this point, it doesn't matter how much, what level of remake they make, it'll be 100% brand new to me. The thing is... the It's the, not like Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers, where I played the fuck out of it as a kid, because that's one of the only games I had, and I remember everything to this day. Right. Final Fantasy VII was so long, I played through it twice, and that's all I've played it. Uh, and that I, was back in the 90s. I maxed out the clock. Uh, the clock goes up to 99 hours and 99 minutes in the original version of the game. Uh, I maxed out the clock. If that tells you anything, I did too. Um, but it, like I said, I don't remember the the combat system. I don't really remember the story. I remember something about a train. Uh, I remember it being the isn't it the first three D uh, Zelda, the first three D Final Fantasy. It was the first one to use uh, pre rendered backgrounds. Oh, pre rendered. I gotcha. Um, so and at the time, it was like so groundbreaking on graphics. Like, whoa, that. That almost looks real. Right. Yeah. That was like, oh my God, sure. You go back at lo- and look at now and it's like, yeah, look it, like weird puppets. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing, uh, the thing about uh, Final Fantasy seven for me is I will take the new combat system because it does look like it, you know, is more involved. I mean, turn-based, turn-based RPGs are kind of a thing of the past now. They're, Disagree. Hard disagree. Well, no, I'm not saying that I don't like them. I'm just saying that most RPGs have moved away from using that type of you know type of game. Remember Divinity Two. I remember Divinity Two, but that can theoretically still be played in 
for real time. That just has a stop mechanic so that you can stop them, you know, stop the... You know, Pillars of Eternity 2 just redid their whole system to give you turn-based combat so you didn't have to do pause real time. Right, so... Shit, I need to get to that. But but you, know, if you look at, say, like Final Fantasy fifteen, that doesn't have, you know, that has the, uh, the weight system where you can kind of look at the situation and, you know, and choose your attacks... But it's mostly real time. Um, you know, to me, it real... still it, to me it still feels a little bit less tactical, a little more splashy, right? But or you know, it's just reactive button mashy to me. I don't feel like I'm comboing as much as it's auto comboing for me, right? It's uh, the uh, the turn based RPG is kind of now in the realm of the indie developers who don't have as much risk. Uh, you know, tied right. up in their game, but Final Fantasy VII just probably couldn't be a uh, uh, could not be a uh, a turn based RPG, and that's fine. I will I will deal with that. I will even deal with the episodic, even though I hate it. You know what's going to happen? Probably not going to buy the episodes. I'm going to wait till the fucking all the episodes are done. I am um, too. I, I don't like because I don't uh, like to be left waning. Because if you're playing a fucking uh, episodic RPG like Final Fantasy VII with the story of Final Fantasy VII, you're going to want to play it all the way through. You're not going to want to wait like three months for the next portion to come out, um, you know, or however long it's going to be between episodes. Put the whole fucking game out, guys. I, I already railed against this on fucking Hitman when they did that shit. You know, Hitman 2 didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, they learned. You know, the the idea behind you know behind this episodic release is, I, I wish they would rethink it. I, I would be willing to wait an extra fucking year just to play the whole fucking game all at once. There's there's no reason to do episodic, um, but it's got good English voice acting from what I heard in the teaser. Yeah, you know and. That's one of the hard parts about there were going some back people to the on, on Twitter raging about Barrett's voice in the trailer, but yeah. I was fine with it. Yeah, it's all right. The thing is, is that it is 150% better than, you know, reading it. Right. And that was back in the days of RPGs not having a voice dialogue. Um, in fact, Final Fantasy X, when that came out, was like, fucking game-changing for me because I was like, I kind of hate this character and the story kind of sucks, but the fact that it's a Final Fantasy and it's voice acted, I'm with. I'm totally with this. You know? (laughs) It made consuming the Final Fantasy franchise uh, and, and playing through it that much more enjoyable when I didn't have to sit there and read endless fucking text boxes. Sounds lazy but there's uh, a level of involvement that is missing when you've got basically mute characters just gesturing on screen and you're supposed to kind of tie the gesture to what you're reading yeah it the the main thing for me will just be the main reason i think they're making it episodic is because they did say they want to expand on expand on some of the things they had to cut out of the original game 
Yeah. There was actually so this is a, a whole full lot on remake. Yeah, there there was actually a whole lot more story script that was written for different individual characters that they had to cut out of the original game because it would have made the game too big. So Kate Sith didn't have that much of a backstory. Uh, Red 13 did have a, a, a portion of backstory, but not a whole lot. Yeah. Um, whereas Tifa and Barrett, and I don't think Yuffie actually had that much of a backstory either. But no, it, really, no. You know, but there was some there. It was all Aerith, Tifa, Barrett. Right, the the main characters yeah. from the beginning or the the first act of the game, uh, those had the most you know most fleshed out stories. But Kate Sith was kind of a mystery, like what the fuck is this cat doing on a Moogle, um, you know, <laughs> uh, and you know I I really liked Red Thirteen and I wanted to find more about you know Red Thirteen story, um, but outside of one small side quest that kind of, you know, goes into how Red came to be, uh, it wasn't really expanded upon. So I'm interested to see what they do with it. I mean, if they can expand on it. If these episodes... for Okay. I'll be all right with the episodes as long as the episodes are like 30 or 40 hours long. Yeah. That's the only way I'd be... That's the only way I'd be okay with these episodes. Because that right there would probably be worth getting them in chunks. Yeah. If the whole game was like a 150-hour-long exp- you know, experience, then I can see selling them in episodic format. Oh, yeah, like three 50-hour episodes would yeah. be cool. Yeah, that would be fine with me. Because then you've got essentially a full game uh, kind of... Um, uh, fi- Final Fantasy what, 13 style where they yeah, had 13, 13, two. 13 and then Lightning's Revenge or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, or, it's just all three of those are kind like, of garbage. Well, but they're all three an interconnected story, whereas yeah. that was the first time Final Fantasy had ever done something like that. Well, outside of 10, two, but that's that's beside the if point. If there's that volume of content and it's not. 30 hours before it gets good, then we're cool. Right. You know, if if it's Final Fantasy VII, following the Final Fantasy VII story, adding the stuff that they couldn't put into the original game, and making those episodes at least 40 hours long, I'm all right with that. I can agree. I can agree. So, I Move mean, on. That's, that's most of what I found. That's fair. I think those are both pretty big news pieces, though. Yeah, the, we got rage coming out next week. Yeah, by the time this posts, you will probably know that it's a thing. Yeah, I'm and looking forward to rage because rage two because it's um it it looks it looks fun. I got to check my budget. I, I may be picking it up this week or I may not. I don't know. I'm gonna rely on Rusty to tell me if it's worth a damn, and then if Rusty tells me it's worth a damn, I'll probably pick it up. Yeah, I'm. Uh, because I picked up the initial rage, um, I will have at least uh, a, a way to compare the two. Uh, and I'm already seeing some of the stuff that they're throwing out in teasers. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Okay, that's cool. Uh, I can dig this style. Uh, the gunplay looks fun. Uh, the, 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 
bouncing people off of freaking towers is pretty uh, pretty neat looking. So, okay. Yeah. You know, it also looks fun that's coming out. There's a new Warhammer game coming out, and I'm always... It's like one out of every five Warhammer games is pretty cool. <laughs> that's you're you're about right, <laughs> right? The last one I played being Mechanicus, and the one before that that I liked was Vermintide, and before that was More Time, mm-hmm. um, and then before that was Space Marine, right? So it's probably more like one in ten. Yeah, but there's a new they one that's trying, com- that's coming out that looks like a Diablo clone. I want to. It's not Inquisitor. It's something along those lines, but it comes out in June. So just look for new Warhammer games that look like the Diablo clone. That's something I'm probably going to be picking up next week, uh, next month. Um, that looks brutal as shit. And of course, that's one of the reasons I like, usually like the Warhammer games. I'm not a Warhammer board game player. I do like the aesthetic a lot. I do like the goofy over the topness of the whole genre, so to speak, because it is a genre and all on its own. But uh, it looks cool as shit, and I can't remember the name of it. Martyr, it's not Martyr Inquisitor. What's the one releasing in June? Uh, Chaos Bane. Chaos Bane, that is it. Um, I think it's really being released on everything. There's another game that's been out that's been getting good reviews that I may pick up called Outward um, that I've been kind of cautiously optimistic about, but I'm kind of waiting on a sale before I pick it up or time to play it. Um, but yeah, Chaos Man was the one I was looking at, so we're going to see how that kind of goes when it releases, and that'll be a PC pickup for me. Uh, $50 coming so, June 4th. Yeah, skip through the trailer just like a hair and see if it shows you gameplay, and you'll see what I mean. It's not obviously not playing audio, so. Right. I'm trying not to make it play audio here. Yeah, there it is. You see what I mean about being kind of a Diablo clone? Oh, yeah, that looks a lot like Diablo. Just Warhammer Universe and actually darker than Diablo. You know what? I'm all right with that. We haven't had a good Diablo in a while. and um, Besides Torchlight 1. Yeah. Path uh, of Exile is pretty good. Path of Exile is uh, all right. What was the one that I gave, that I gave uh, you? The, uh, um, uh, Grim Dawn. Grim Dawn's very good. It's a little grittier than Diablo. Yeah. With, um, a, with a billion expansions. Yeah. They're all uh, pretty cheap, too. Yeah, Chaos Bane looks really neat, though. Um, it it plays a lot. It uh, looks like it plays a lot like uh, the latest Diablo. Yeah, and there's a feature on there that's supposed to be where you uh, it's set up where you can play single player, but it's also set up to pair well with multiplayer. So basically, like you have a person that's really good at defense that's working with somebody who's really good with offense. Okay. So it's set up to pair well with others, too. Oh, interesting. So you can class your character in a way that you play for solo play or class them in a way that you kind of supplement. You, or you, you have a tank and a healer and a, you know, and a DPS. You could, yeah. Okay. You could, But it's supposed to be set up both ways. Uh, Huge yes. chunks of AoE and all sorts of shit. But, yeah, it looks cool as shit. So that'll be on my uh, wish list as soon as I get home. Yeah. Um. <laughs> You can see why well, I'm attracted to it. Yeah, that that looks that looks really good. Yeah, I'm looking June fourth. June fourth, three weeks away. That's not that bad. Not, not that far away. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So, um, and that's pretty much. And then Phoenix Point late next month. So there's not a whole lot in the way of releases right now. But I think sometimes what happens is in the middle of all this stuff, one of us discovers some like little bitty gem. Uh-huh. And I'm sure that may happen too. I always set aside like enough budget for like a, at least a game a month, if not two. Yeah, I, 
I, I look into you know look into these games like you know Satisfactory was kind of one of those that just kind of snuck up. Yeah, it released. You were talking about it. I was in the mood to build shit, and then I saw it, and I was like, "I've got plenty. I've got spare money. Yeah, sure. Let's try it out. Oh, this is good. Yeah. Um. So I'm sure there's you know there's a a game that we'll find um that uh that will fill in some of the voids. Summertime is always kind of sucks for game releases. Uh, it's the lull. That was a really weird vocal break. Uh, but yeah, it's the lull in the uh, you know in game releases. There's not a whole lot that comes out. Uh, so the big triple A's that come out right before the summer are going to be what you know what people talk about, and then E three will happen, and then uh, and then people will be looking at what's coming out for the holidays. You know, coming up onto the holidays starts starting in fall. So. Yeah, this is the time of the indie. The summertime yes, is. is where indie games shine because you don't have a whole lot of financial investment into a game, but you can find some really damn good ones. But I think that's it, man. Is that is that the show? I think that's the show. I'm getting awesome. this overload over here. Yeah, the the puppy is 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 basically sucking your soul out with all. So of with things. that, guys, find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com/tiltcast, and search for us on iTunes. Find friends of the show. Find Cabbage whenever Trent Cabbage. posts a new episode. KBG. You can find bmfcast.com. You can find for the love of gaming. Noquarters.net and tvgp.tv. They still do videos, and with that. It's the end of the show. All right. Peace.